he said he watching me. Every day they clocking me. Huh? Every day they clocking me. Holy steady watching me. Every day they copping me. Red alert. I'm the dangerous. I keep that cop on. And they ain't looking for no trouble. I'm just looking out for me. Cause out of D and shit, the niggas ain't talking about no rapping. Boy, I'm talking tragedy. Masking. Cash. Shit that I can't even remember. Bet they remember this. Shit that happened later in December. I bring that one of these niggas down the whole lot. Told with a real Halloween. Back to back. You know who's this? Them or us? This them or me? Don't get booked. Cause they know bomb money. We doing this shit for free. If be told, then that ain't my homie. That little nigga weak. If I miss, ain't going to sleep. I'm in the street. 2011, And we are officially back. It's episode 38 of Keeping It 200. We're back again. It's live. We are on July 5th, 2021. You're now officially rocking with the best. Myself, Tavon, back here. Late mm-hmm. Monday night, we are back. Um, and shout out to King Von Armed and Dangerous to open up Keeping It 200 tonight. Uh, a lot of stuff happened over the weekend. However, we've got um, two major things have happened. Of course, Monday Night Raw happened. Next week's Raw is taped, which is why they announced of course. four matches. And, of course, in two weeks, they even announced a match two weeks away. I, I don't remember Vince McMahon ever announcing a match two weeks away in like over like 14 years he's never done that in like 14 years and vince is now like mm. now advertising now a match from two weeks away i was like what like um <laughs> but a lot did happen over the weekend of course um Tavon, uh, how did you enjoy your fourth of july um it was it was okay yeah. we didn't necessarily do fireworks but yeah whatever well was the fireworks banned in like your town or anything like that because i was hearing that a lot of people like um had their fireworks oh, no. banned in town okay uh, well uh they didn't have they didn't have a band in our town there were in some parts but here where i live there was there was none there was none of that nature and and that's good you know um i do really feel bad for people though that live in oregon Washington and the Seattle areas because they were actually banned this year um, as lar- mm-hmm. as far as large gatherings as well. Um, uh, Tavon, where you live, do, do they have like everything back at like 100% full capacity now? Like where you could like eat out at like a restaurant or something? Mm, I don't know. Mm. Well, I've had, well, I've, I've been at like the 100% full capacity. I, it's, it's neither here nor there. Of course, uh, right now, the Montreal Canadiens win game four tonight. Three, two. The over-under on this game was five goals. Uh, 67% of all tickets were literally on the Canadiens to win this game. And congrats to the Canadiens. They avoid being swept, which means that the only team to have been swept was um, since 1999, it's still going to stay that way. Um, so there's not been an NHL team that's been swept in the Stanley Cup since 1999, and the Canadians avoid it. So, um, and shout out to the Canadians. Uh, they they definitely win. I mean, we, they just had their um, Canada Day literally last week. The, the team has been down literally 0-3. Andre Vasilevsky was an issue this entire series for them, and. 
they they won a game at home. You know, congrats to them. You know, at least now 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 could come now Tampa Bay can now pull off the gentleman's sweep and win Game Five in Tampa. Of course, the Tampa mayor said he wanted the Tampa Bay Lightning to take it easy because quote. We want the Lightning to win at 100% capacity <laughs> in Game Five. I was like, I was, I was like, so you basically told him like you don't have to win, but hey, you know, like, hey, just forget about it. So the next game will be Wednesday, July 7th. That's this coming Wednesday. That will go head to head with AEW's Road Rager. Um, of course, we've um, got some other stuff here to talk about. Of course, NXT's Great American Bash will be tomorrow night. Great American Bash looks great on paper. Um, of course, here's the match card. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly is the main event for the show. MSK, ver- and MSK takes on Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher for MSK's NXT Tag Team titles. We've got Indy Hartwell and Candice Ray defending their women's tag team titles against Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. LA Knight t- um, defends his million-dollar championship against Cameron Grimes. If Grimes were to lose, Grimes has to become LA Knight's butler. Johnny Gargano and a carrying cross faceoff, and then Hit Roast Championship Celebration, pretty much setting up who will be taking on Isaiah Swerve Scott next. Um, I literally said that it needs to be Leon Ruff, because I have not seen Leon Ruff on TV in weeks. Or no, it has. It's been probably now months now since I've seen Leon Ruff on TV. But, but I'm, but I'm glad. But, but hey, I mean, who do you think is going to be next to face Isaiah Swerve Scott if you had to pick though, Tavon? If, if you, if, if you were in the NXT booking committee, and they said, hey, you know, we need someone that can face Isaiah Swerve Scott for the championship and have a few with. Who would you name right now? Um, at the moment. Ooh, that's pretty tough. Oh man, some of these guys, I mean, they're pretty much like part of the main world title picture, and it's like, there's only like a few of them. Yeah. Um, I might have to say, yeah, sure, I would have to say Cameron Grimes. Yeah. That would actually really be an improvement. He would go from the fourth singles title to at least the second men's singles title. That would actually be really helpful for Cameron Grimes. Because, um, I mean, because that fourth, I mean, to be the, I mean, challenging for the fourth singles title is really like, not like where you want to be placed. Of course, you can't say Roderick Strong because he's a heel. You can't say Pete Dunne because he's a heel. And, you know, maybe Pete Dunne will probably be the guy that challenges Scott, though. Because I, no offense, it's not like we're doing babyface, babyface, or heel versus heel. You know, it's it's not like it matters now. But I could definitely see Pete Dunne being the next challenger. I mean, I, I I'm trying to think of who would be available because Santos Escobar, I guess, is not going to be available if he has to go to the main roster. Bronson Reed's done with the title, so that's that's already they've already told you that. Um, uh, one person did work out um, tonight for the. Before the Raw show, it was Tegan Knox. Hmm. Um, there's reports that Tegan Knox actually was working the NXT show, um, and the and, and that kind of rules her out as the battery technically because the battery's at 81. percent So, come Wednesday, we should be seeing who's the next person that's debuting now in NXT or re-debuting. You don't know who could be. Hmm. Um, of course, though, we got some other news to get into. Of course, we covered the NHL game and everything like that. Um, however, this past Sunday on July 4th, Rachel Nichols, uh, ESPN, ah. the jump 
host uh, reporter um, was caught by the New York Times. This was reported by the New York Times. There is two videos out. One um, where she insults Maria Taylor, who does the mm-hmm. hosting on the NBA Countdown. Of course, if you don't know who Maria Taylor is, folks, Maria Taylor is an African-American woman. And Rachel Nichols was saying how she got the job, quote, for being black and they're trying to push Black Lives Matter. She was talking to someone that was in a representation of LeBron James. Uh, could be Maverick Carter. Could be anybody else. Of course – there was another video, too, where she was literally laughing about the Black Lives Matter. Um, so mm-hmm. then, of course, today, so then, of course, today, Steven Jackson, a former host of the a former co-host of the jump NBA player, said ESPN gave Maria Taylor a sympathy job to placate Black Lives Matter. Steven Jackson, by the way, is black. And what's even worse is I have to find this article on Fox News. Online, I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm like, man. I'm like, uh, like if you smashed Rachel Nichols, good for <laughs> you, man. Like, good for you. But, but don't be just like saying, like, dude, that makes you look really bad. Especially like, like saying like, oh well, I'm black, but but they gave that job to her because she's black. Like, that, <laughs> that that's like the worst shit I've ever seen. That's like me getting mad at Kent Mobley for taking a WWE job. I should be mad at WWE. For doing that shit to Kit Smoke, no offense, they, and and we're gonna have to get into her as well because because I've had people send me all these links and articles about why WWE should hire people that don't have wrestling experience. Like you can teach wrestling to someone in five easy minutes, like it's an easy bake oven shit. So I can't <laughs> believe I can't believe what we're, we're we're really coming to in this world. Like we've got now Steven Jackson defending, and, and then of course there were people that said. I'm on Rachel Nichols' side, and when they said this, Tavon, they posted all these pictures of Rachel Nichols' thighs in a dress, <laughs> her titties being close to double D, and her ass. They, they didn't of give course. a shit about whatever she said. So, I will say, beautiful woman, but if she say these comments, said no. Of course, she went on the jump to open the jump today. Uh, it's funny because if this was Paul Pierce when he was smoking marijuana on Instagram mm. Live in his house, he was fired immediately. <laughs> Rachel Nichols opened the jump today, and she didn't have to say nothing. I would have let this – because the best the, – here's what I've always heard from people. Whether you're in trouble with the law or whether you're in trouble at a job, the best thing to do is say nothing because the more you talk, the more – Ant legs grow, and you don't want ant legs to keep growing because if they keep growing, then it's an issue. So I wouldn't have said anything if I was this woman's lawyer or publicist or whatever she has. But she came on there, and she immediately came on the jump. She apologized after going in for 30 seconds, so then everyone started making fun of her on Twitter. And she was very nonchalant. The, the, the first thing she starts off with is, like, I was always raised that, like, you don't want to be the scene of trouble. I'm like, well, like, you're the scene of New York <laughs> right now. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like there, you couldn't have gotten any worse. Like, like, and then you have to say these comments. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I wouldn't have even apologized. I would have just, like, avoided it. Of course she – and then, of course, who does she have with her? She puts – they put Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins beside her, two <laughs> African-American men. And I'm just like, ugh. Uh, I was just like, man, you're kidding me, right? 
<laughs> so, so of course we have a we have a really big issue on our hands. Um, for people that are saying should Rachel Nichols be fired, I think she needs to at least be suspended. I don't think fired should be the word, but she needs to be suspended. And and then, and then of course I was on a podcast yesterday because um, Tavon here and uh, the, and now we can get into my July Fourth. Here's the reason why I was on other podcasts yesterday. I wanted to shout sure out thing. not only I not only shout out the show. Because you and I literally are now the only two workers really on this show. And second, I was looking for extra co-guests because because we could always use another hand to talk about Raw, to talk about the NHL, to talk about whatever. And these guys here that I was work- talking to, they knew some NHL. They knew some NBA. They even knew WWE. They even knew, Advent, they knew Adnan Vert got fired. I mean, so mm. they did know something. But they didn't know everything, and that's fine. You know, you don't have to know everything. You know, it's not it's not the WWE creative job. It's like, like I'm not like I could have. You know, I should have said I should have said. Well, I'm looking for co-guests, and I can teach you how to be a co-guest in five easy minutes. <laughs> I should start saying <laughs> some bullshit like that. So of course, um, I shout out the podcast. Good. You know, I found some. Uh, there were some people that followed me. But of course they're not here, you know. Some some good powerful people, you know. Um, and and we reached the Canada base, so so I'm actually glad because the podcast they were doing, they were actually filming in Canada. So hmm. actually, we actually now got some ties now with Canada. So so hmm. I mean, that's actually a good thing. So of course, the guy that was doing the show, I, he followed me on. He followed me. I'm gonna get his name real quick. I, I, I bet I, – watch he follows my Spotify and listen to me dog him later. <laughs> His name is Josh Embry. Uh, of course, he's got the green check. So, I mean, that means that he's obviously one of the big players here. So, of course, he said, well, Rachel Nichols shouldn't get fired because she was recorded without her permission. I'm like <coughs> – like, doesn't that happen to black people all the time? Where we're, we're always recorded for saying something? Like, like I was – I wanted to tell him, man, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like I know you're not defending her, but and then and then and then of course, this is how he turned the subject. He turned it to Michelle Beadle. Michelle Beadle mm. is the former NBA countdown host and a jump host and was on the show Get Up like two years ago, before pandemic. And she, he was like saying, "Oh well, this never happened with Michelle Beadle and stuff." I'm like, Michelle Beadle never once said anything bad about Black Lives Matter. In fact, <laughs> she wasn't even there at the ESPN. I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? So then, these idiots. Oh, Michelle Beadle, I guess heard this podcast because she came out on Twitter tonight and said, "So how was everyone's weekend?" And literally <clears throat> had a clip of the Goodfellas laughing, <laughs> making fun of Rachel Nichols. I was like, I was, I was like, yeah. We really brought Michelle Beadle out for retirement. I said, great job, you jackasses. <laughs> like, Michelle Beadle was not bothering nobody. And, and, and to answer anybody's question, like, do I have any ill will against Michelle Beadle? No. I like Michelle Beadle. She's awesome. She knows – she actually is a huge WWE fan. I don't know if she is no more. But, oh, wow. But, but she's also – and she's met CM Punk. Uh, oh, she's cool. met Triple H. She's met mm. Stephanie McMahon. Mm. Uh, she actually even has a bad time where she met AJ Lee because uh, this was uh, this was the time in 2013 when she met Punk, and AJ Lee got jealous of. And, and here and Michelle Beadle talked about it. She said, "Yeah, AJ Lee, I was actually a fan of, but she was so jealous to me, and she she did she like AJ said hi, but AJ didn't really want to talk to her." 
But AJ mm. knew, though, if you work in WWE and any celebrities come through, you have to be nice to them. So, But Michelle Beadle is one of the nicest people. She she always knows her sports. She always comes prepared. She's You know, she did Sports Nation, and Sports Nation was pretty huge with Colin Cowherd. She, she's, she's actually very, very smart, uh, very underrated, and people wonder why she left ESPN. The reason she left ESPN was because of contract issues like any other job in America. Look at look at Ariel Hawani. Ariel Hawani, a guy that um, did a lot of interviews with The Undertaker and covered The Undertaker's hmm. um, The Dark Side of The Undertaker um, on the WWE Network when that was airing every week. And he promoted the hell out of that on ESPN. And ESPN wanted Ariel Hawani to take a 50% pay cut, and he said no, and I don't blame him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, are you kidding me? Because Ariel Hawani was making five hundred grand a year, so had he take a 50% pay cut, that's $250,000 a year. He has three mm. children, a wife. There's no way you're going to be able to manage that, especially when you can make more outside of ESPN, and that's what he did. And Ariel Hawani, you know, now Ariel Hawani's back, and now he covers wrestling. And, of course, Ariel Hawani is known as – the MMA Dave Meltzer of the world, but he does know pro wrestling. He really does. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he'll ever get credit for that. He's even been on an episode of Impact um, where he oh, did wow. the um, Kenny Omega, Rich Swan con- uh, contract signing and everything like that. Or hmm. the so so I mean, but definitely though. But of course, it was definitely weird to have this conversation, and then people try to defend the jump, say, "Oh, the jumps." It's like I can't stand her narratives and shit. Like I'm like, you guys weren't never talking about her narratives before she said these comments about Maria Taylor. So, and and I was just, and I, of course I defended Maria Taylor. I did. I didn't defend Rachel Nichols. I never said one thing about her. I I actually ignored her. But Maria Taylor, I said, well, Maria Taylor should be doing the college football shows because Maria Taylor does college football game day, which she'll be doing. She does the ESPN um eight um. NBA countdown, and I know there's going to be people that go back to this podcast and they listen and say, "Well, weren't you the same guy that said she can't judge uh, voting?" I, I I did say that, but then again, that's all the women though. I just, I, I <laughs> made sure to get all of their asses ex- except Doris Burke is like probably the only woman. I don't think Doris Burke gets to vote, but but like no, I shit on all the women because I said I said they don't know how to vote, and I I stand by the voting of that, but but of course. Um, to hear those comments, though, it was just like, man. But but I think Rachel Nichols definitely needs to be suspended for a couple of months. But I don't think ESPN will be doing that. And and if I were ESPN, I would technically suspend her because look what we've just had in the Olympics with the Sharice Richardson situation about yeah. the marijuana. And mm. I feel like you are a major company that everyone sees – and it's true. Everyone sees ESPN every day. There's baseball right now on ESPN and everything. If you don't suspend her for at least three months, you're going to really get a lot of backlash. Because And Rachel Nichols, which is why I said she shouldn't have said anything today, because now, cause now everyone's judging the apology, and now everyone's going to be... And of course, and of course, it only takes. Here's how. Here, if, if people want to know how you get fired from a job or get fired or get your career canceled, here's what you got to do: just contact a sponsor, contact <laughs> any sponsors that ESPN has, show them that footage, and I promise you, you'll get the results that you want. You have to piss off a sponsor. 
That's that's how you hurt someone's money. ESPN will ignore this till a sponsor complains, and then when a sponsor complains, then they will have to either fire her or suspend her. I'm hoping they don't fire her. However, she does need to be suspended and go to central sensitivity training or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I know people are going to be like, well, that's just sounds so cheesy. I'm like, well, at least it's something. I mean, look what AEW did. I mean, Sammy Guevara said the comments that he did that were five years old. He, they didn't fire him, but they suspended him, and that was the right thing to do. But, you know, but, but then again, you know, I, I know that's different, but in a way it's kind of not because, because at the same time, you know, Sammy Guevara was bashing a woman and – Rachel Nichols bashed a, a co-host, a, a, a friend, and not only that, a co-worker. That's a co-worker. Sammy Guevara did not work with Sasha Banks, and you know, but Rachel Nichols works with Maria Taylor. She does, and the NBA Countdown Maria Taylor host, Rachel Nichols is an interviewer, so they're going to see each other. But that's to me, no. Um, but they definitely need to definitely suspend her. Uh, Tavon, did you have any comments on this um, Rachel Nichols situation or anything, or the even the Sharice Richardson uh, marijuana issue? Um, yeah, not exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'm just I'm just taking all this info in. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about this here though? Some sad news though, of course, in stardom of wrestling. Uh, Nakazo Tora tore her ACL in the main event of the Stardom um, pay-per-view over the July 4th weekend. This show, of course, aired early Sunday morning around the 5 a.m. mark, which, of course... In America, on the East Time, you would you and I tape on our sleep. We're we're not we're not watching Stardom like that, and and we don't have forty some dollars to pay for Stardom pay per view. So that's why, of course, she tore ACL while working in the main event of the match. Um, it was at the Stardom's Yokohama Dream Cinderella 2021 in the summer on Sunday. Tore challenged um, for the World of Stardom Championship. But the match was stopped 11 minutes in after Tor suffered a knee injury. Um, and the referee stopped the match. You know, that was actually a smart thing to do. It was announced, of course, today that she had tore ACL. Um, there were a lot of – I saw the footage of this when it happened. So here's what happened. The match was weird as hell because five minutes into the match, one of the women got thrown out. And they got mm. beat up by, like, five women, and the referee saw it. And the referee didn't mm. even ring a DQ or nothing. And the fans saw it, and the fans just didn't care. But I was just yeah. – when I mean, you saw it, it was like, like, why are you not doing this for a match? I'm like – and then Tora was getting ready to do this, like, high-flying move off the top rope. And she buckled her leg. But when she buckled her leg, Tavon, it looked like she broke it. It looked more like the Sid Vicious WCW when he broke his leg. Ah. And that's how it looked. Of course, of course, today it was announced that she didn't break her leg, which is what everyone was concerned about. Everyone thought that she had broken her leg. or Everyone knew that she had probably broke her foot, but when I saw the footage, it looked like that leg went down hard. And, and even the referee wouldn't even let her continue. The referee actually pushed her out the ring, said, no, 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 you can't compete. Like... Because the ref, because the referee was like the one that saw it in plain view. The woman that she's facing is down on the ground getting ready to take this move, but the referee is the one that sees this in like perfect, like twenty twenty. And I'm like, 
oh, like the referee that he saw, it was more worse. Um, but definitely the one to send her wish, definitely one to send win wish, well wishes to her. Um, and hopefully she gets back healthy in the, and you know, torn ACLs, of course, that's a six to nine month thing. Mm. So, so hopefully she gets better. Miz has a torn ACL, but Miz's torn ACL is partially teared, which is why they keep him on TV still where he, you know, ah, is walking around that wheelchair. That's why he's on a wheelchair. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he did have surgery. But it's not that serious if he's still able to travel and everything like that. And and of course on Instagram he's you know he's not even without the wheelchair, so he's he's doing fine, you know. Mm. But um, Tor is going to have a tough road ahead of her. I don't think that she's going to have uh, the same luck Miz did with the surgery. Like I don't think she's going to be able to just get up and do activities like that real fast. Um, of course we had one NBA game over the weekend. It was Saturday night. The Milwaukee Bucks did eliminate the Atlanta Hawks in a in uh, six in Atlanta. Trey Young did play this game, but he was four of seventeen, zero of six from three. He had fourteen points in an elimination game on nine assists. Uh, Kevin Herter five points on two of ten, one of six from three. John Collins six of nine, thirteen points. You had Clint Capella seven of 13, 14 points. You had Bojan Bogdanovic seven of twelve, twenty points on two of five from three. Cam Reddish seven of twelve. Six of seven from three, 21 points. He was the MVP for Atlanta in this game. Danilo Garnari, five of 13, three of five from three, 13 points. Lou Williams, 0 of three in 11 minutes. The Hawks never led in this game one time. The biggest lead was the Bucks up by 22 at one point. The Bucks poured on 44 in the third. And, of course, the Bucks did it with no Giannis Adenakumbo. Drew Holiday, 11 of 29, 4 of 12 from 3, 27 points. Um, you had Chris Middleton, 10 of 22, 4 of 10, 32 points. You had Brook Lopez, 5 of 9, only 13 points. Uh, not the 30-point game he had in Game 5. P.J. Tucker was 2 of 10, 1 of 7 from 3, 5 points. And uh, Pat Connaughton, 13 points off the bench. And Jeff T, 11 off the bench. And Milwaukee shot the ball way better, 46% to Atlanta's 41%. Atlanta's only quarter they did win was the fourth quarter, thirty-seven to uh, thirty-five to twenty-seven uh, points in the paint. The Bucks uh, and Hawks were tied at forty each. Um, and three-point shooting, the Bucks had seventeen on forty-five, and the Hawks were twelve of thirty-two. And it's officially over for the Hawks. The Hawks' season is now over. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to make it to the NBA Finals. And Tavon. Uh, before we get into Milwaukee and give them their roses, um, we need to give out the roses to Atlanta. Atlanta's, mm-hmm. Atlanta, you know, they. one good thing about the Atlanta Hawks, they don't have to worry about re-signing anybody except John Collins and just keeping Reddish under board and, and Bodon. Everybody else, they pretty much have a team now locked up now, and it's something good now. I mean, if you're Atlanta, the Atlanta um, the Atlanta Hawks, they, they've got a bright future ahead of them. You know, I, I definitely could not see this team. I would be shocked if this team was not a 55-win team next year. I would really be shocked if the Hawks were not a 55-27 and 27 win team and are a top-four team in the East, of course. Uh, and we also got to give congratulations to Nate McMillan, the head coach. He finally got rid of the interim tag, and the Atlanta Hawks are going to give him a new four-year contract to become the head coach. Mm. So congrats to Nate McMillan on that. Um, but, Tavon, uh, what, what did you think of the Atlanta Hawks this season? And do you think the Hawks are going to be able to 
maybe repeat and make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals? Do you think this is just the start of beginning, or do you think the Hawks might not be Eastern Conference Finals, but maybe a second-round team that gets eliminated next year? Yeah, um, the Hawks, I'll say, they um, they definitely exceeded my um, expectations towards them. I mean, I did pick New York to pretty much win against them, and they and I, and they won against them. I thought they were face. I I thought um, who who did Atlanta face in the second round again? Oh, the Seventy Sixers. Yeah. Yep. I yep, thought yep. Philly um would win against them, and they won against them. And yeah, and I did say I would have the Bucks in six or seven, if if I remember correctly. And of course, when it felt like Atlanta was going to win the series, it, it felt like Atlanta was going to win the series. And then, pretty much, Game Five happened, and things pretty much went. Smoothly for Milwaukee, they win the conference Eastern Conference Finals and go to the NBA Finals since '71, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I'll. But yeah, you're right, um, Zach. Um, this team definitely has a bright future ahead of them. Um, Trey Young has definitely made himself pretty much a star in this playoffs. So. I suppose that, yeah, they might have a chance to um, go to the conference finals again. They do. And to me, I I look at Atlanta and I just, I I would just be so shocked if this team does not do better than what they were um, next year. Because this team was 14 and 20 when they fired their head coach, Lloyd Pierce. So Nate McMillan took the job as an interim. They went 27-11 to close out the season. They finished fifth in the East. They had the same record as the Knicks, but of course the Knicks won the tiebreaker. And they beat the Knicks. And, you, you know, now, I mean, Nate McMillan, I mean, and, and, and one thing about McMillan, you, you know, you know, he's a few hours from Raleigh, North Carolina, where he attended NC State. And, you know, this <laughs> is, and I, I, I just, I like this Hawks team. I just can't hate them for any reason. Trey Young, you know, of course, of course, he was not healthy, but he did play the elimination game, and and that's what he was supposed to do. And he didn't have a good game, but Trey Young in those first two games was really hot. And then that ankle injury, I think, was the big reason Atlanta, to me, might have not been able to take this to seven games. I look at the Atlanta Hawks, and and Cam Reddish next year is going to be able to have the playing time that he needs. Bo Don is very, very underrated. Um, he proved that to me this series and, and in the playoffs as well. Collins, you know, you definitely got to keep Capella. You know, if Capella can find his rhythm in this in this group, then he's definitely going to be solid. Um, you know, and, and they've got and they got good pieces off the bench. They've got Gallinari. They've got Lou. They still mm-hmm. have a team. They got Herder. They they've still got a very deep roster team. This is. To me, this is a 55-win team, top four team in the East, and it looks like Atlanta's finally back to where they are back in the NBA, where they're going to, and they're going to be seen as a top contender next year, no question. And Trey Young, 
now is going to start looking being looked at as an MVP because Trey Young can put up those numbers. I mean, he's really a very good player, and you know. Now I think next year Trey Young is definitely going to be an MVP candidate. I mean, he's already been an all-star the last two years, so that's nothing to worry about. You know, he averaged 25 points. He had, he had nine assists in the regular season. PR was a 23.5. That's 16th in the NBA. You know, so, I mean, he's he's definitely got a bright, bright future. And Trey Young is actually going to be an MVP candidate next year if Atlanta is a top 14 in the East. So, congrats to them. However, now the Milwaukee Bucks, they are moving on. Giannis Antetokounmpo will be out game one for the playoffs uh, come Tuesday on ABC at 9 p.m. They go head-to-head with the NXT Great American Bash. So there will be no wrestling ratings as well this week, Tavon, because of the 4th of July weekend. So uh, no ratings till next week. So, mm. we won't ha- so we won't even know what damage NXT technically suffered. Um Competing with Game One of the NBA Finals, Monday Night Raw will have no games against the NBA Finals. AEW will have one game if the series goes to five, um, and if it doesn't, then AEW safe. Um, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo, though, you know the Bucks did play the Suns twice this year. Both times, Suns both won those games by one point each. Giannis Antetokounmpo averaged forty-seven. Um, and he averaged 33 in the two meetings. That's 40 points um, per game in those two games if you average out the stats. Um, 40 points per game versus single points in regular seasons to then meet in the NBA Finals. The source is Elias Sports Bureau for this. 2021 um, is Giannis against Phoenix. 2018-2019, Kevin Durant versus the Toronto Raptors. Of course, the Warriors lost that series. 2014-15 was LeBron James against the Golden State Warriors, where the LeBron James lost to the Warriors. And 2001-02 um, season was Shaq against the Nets. And 92-93, Michael Jordan against the Phoenix Suns. So in that list, only Jordan and O'Neal were able to win their respective finals, averaging over 40 against a team. LeBron and KD did not do that. So Giannis could be... He, he could either be the guy that... <laughs> so it's going to be weird to see this because, because Giannis is not playing game one. Uh... To, this is how it's going to just bet for the series. If you just think Phoenix is going to win the championship, they are the money line favorite at minus 200. The Bucks are plus 170. If you think that the Bucks can just win game one, well, um, we're getting ready to check out those stats right now because got the DraftKings loaded up. For the point spread, though, for Phoenix, they are favorite to they are the favorites um, by six. Which means they have to win by seven tomorrow night. Moneyline's got Phoenix at minus two seventy-five, and the Bucks are at plus two fifteen on the money line. So Tavon, I've got to ask you here: Do you think the Phoenix Suns can win by seven tomorrow night, or do you think that the Bucks can maybe pull off the upset, um, or just cover the point spread of plus six? Yeah, sure. I think the Suns could win. By seven, I mean, it is game one. It's in their home court. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are there, but Giannis isn't. So the Bucks. I mean, in order for them to win, they're going to have to step step up. And they might, they might as well pretty much step up. 
But um, it's going to be a close call. I got Phoenix on it. I, I definitely got Phoenix to cover the um, minus six um, to win by seven. Here's why I say that. In first round, uh, in first and game ones that they played this year, they're three and zero straight up. ATS they cover it. Uh, they won by nine against the Lakers in game one of the first round. Second round they beat Denver by seventeen. Game one against the Clippers in the Western Conference they won by six. So I have no problem believing that Phoenix can cover it. Of course, some more stats that you need to know about. It's the first time ever, Tavon, that this will be the first NBA Finals with zero players with a championship since 1977. Wow. It's the first time an NBA Finals is featuring a team that does not have Shaquille O'Neal as a teammate or has played with Shaquille O'Neal as a former teammate. Mm. That You have to go back all the way to wow. 1995 for that. Incredible um, stat right there. Wow. Um, exactly. Slight edge. You know, of course, I've mentioned the Suns won both regular season meetings only by one point. And, of course, preseason title odds, the Milwaukee Bucks were favored 5-1, to one, which means they were a plus 500. The Suns, for preseason title odds, were 4 Thousand a plus four thousand that's forty to one so so if you mm. bet just for the Suns to make the finals someone just walked away like a happy winner or they could have probably walked away as a loser because they probably didn't think this and it's the closest final series price for to pick a winner since 2014 that was the year that LeBron James and Miami um, took on the San Antonio Spurs so um, interesting stats very interesting stats. About that, so I mean, hey, um, but yeah, of course that season, of course the Spurs did defeat the Heat, and LeBron then went back to Cleveland the next year. So of course, um, everything like that. Other big um, news to get into here, uh, of course, you know, you know, and then MVP title odds. Of course, here's how the NBA finals MVP odds are looking right now for if you think who can win the NBA finals MVP um, favorite to win it is Chris Paul at plus 170 Devin Booker's a plus 260 Giannis Kumbo is a plus 375 Chris Middleton plus 650 Drew Holiday has 10 to 1 odds which is plus 1000 and DeAndre Ayton's a 20 to 1 favorite at plus 2000 so Tavon I've got to ask you who do you think is walking away with the NBA finals um, as the winner, and who do you think is walking out as the MVP? The the Phoenix Suns in five, and Chris Paul as Finals MVP. Wow, I, I've got the Suns in six, but I've got Devin Booker that's going to win the MVP. I just got that feeling Booker is going to be the guy that can win the MVP. To me, of course, there are people that are going so underdog into this. Of course, the last person to ever win NBA Finals MVP at 20 to 1 odds or worse was Andre Iguodala, 2015 Golden State Warriors. He was at 25 to 1. Everyone's going with DeAndre Ayton to win the Finals MVP. Um, Ayton, so far in the postseason, 16.2 points per game, 11.8 rebounds per game. Postseason record, 70.6 field goal percentage shooting, minimum 150 field goal attempts taken. Everyone's got him for some reason. Of course, uh, for Milwaukee, 
there's a lot of people that feel Giannis won't win the MVP, the Finals MVP, if the Bucks were to win because he's because if he misses the first two games, there are people that are saying, well, they don't think he can win it. So everyone's going, you know, with Drew Holiday at the ten to one to win the NBA Finals MVP if the Bucks were to win. Holiday, by the way, in his last two games, Tavon, twenty six points per game, eleven uh, eleven assists per game, seven point five rebounds per game in the two games that Giannis has missed. So. Drew Holiday has been putting up very good numbers, hmm. but I don't believe that if the Bucks don't have Giannis and they and they do win the championship, I don't know if he would win it because his true shooting percentage is very very bad. And um, hmm. yeah, of course we got some um, soccer to get into. The Euro twenty twenty um, has been now said. Of course it's twenty twenty one, but of course it was supposed to happen last year, but due to COVID, it did not. So. Uh, England, I said was going to lose two one, um, to to uh, and I was so wrong. They lost four uh, nothing. Um, sorry, the England won four nothing. I was so wrong about this. But here's the reason why I said this: England has not been in the semifinals and has not even been competing for a Euro final since 1966. Mm. So that's the reason why I did not believe in Europe uh, or, or England, for that matter. England is a minus one thirty-seven for Wednesday at three o'clock against Denmark. Um, Denmark is plus four fifty, and there is a draw for the plus two fifty. If you just think after ninety minutes it's just going to be a draw and they have to go to extra time and stuff, I don't understand why Denmark is so so high as an underdog. They're, they're plus 450, but Denmark is actually a better team than England technically, in my opinion, because I've been watching the soccer and I've been, you know, listening to a lot of people. And Denmark is has a very good goal. They, they're very good at scoring goals, and they're also very good at not allowing any goals. Of course, England has their goalkeeper that's just been destroying it and has been very and has just been on a whole nother level. But to me, Denmark could actually make this a tie, a, a draw after ninety minutes. I think it's going to be a draw after ninety minutes, um, where I think the, the final will either be zero zero or one one. And then we have to go into extra time. And I think in extra time, then I think England can win that. But in the if I were to bet just for the match time of 90 minutes, I would go the draw. Uh, Tavon, what about you? Do you think England can win They're the minus 137? Or do you think Denmark is pulling off the upset at plus 450? England. England? Okay. If, if you're right about that, England makes it to their first... Final since 1966, so I'm mm. pretty sure there's a lot of people in England that are saying, man, Tavon better be right. <laughs> <laughs> we got Italy, Spain as well. Italy is plus 140. Spain's plus 220. A draw at 210 if you believe that's how it's going to go after 90 minutes. I've got Italy winning this. Italy just they, – they, they play so much better than Spain. I know that you said Spain is going to win on Tuesday at 3 p.m., but I've got Italy – and Italy, to me, is just the better team. Spain, to me, I think has lucked into this, and it's about time the luck um, well, runs out for for Italy. And if it does, I mean, I mean, if it does, it does. But if Spain were to pull off this upset, I I, I don't think that they can even beat. I don't even believe if they can beat. Um, so I, if I were England, I would definitely be rooting for for Spain. I would definitely be rooting for Spain because I think they they can actually beat Spain. I actually do. Um, for this, for for that reason, but if Italy beats 
Spain, whoever England or Denmark plays, you know, if, if, if Denmark were to win, I think Denmark has the better chance of maybe beating Italy, but I wouldn't guarantee it. But Italy, to me, has been the most perfect team. I was right about them to begin with. I've said, man, this team is going to win it. And I just, I just, I'm, I've always just said, like, man, like, because Italy just has that next man up mentality. Like, they don't have a star on their team. It's just like every game, they come out with a new star, and they're literally, and that guy plays so great. And you just wonder, oh, well, how are they doing this? You know, so. So that's why Spain, on the other hand, has just been so up and down. And remember, Spain almost didn't even make the round of 16. They nearly um, almost got booted. Um, so, so that's the reason why I'm not like so high up on them. Of course, Tavon, we're going to be getting into now NFL. I know this is like... Um... I'm somewhat of a fan, not okay. gonna lie. I rarely, <laughs> yeah, I rarely watch NFL games nowadays. I mean, like the only team that I pretty much like, I used to root like most of them, but to be honest, I mean, I just I just want to see the Browns win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, the Browns did have a very good season last year. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, and. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, they they technically did. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, of course, though, of course, people are gonna probably ask me how big of an NFL fan I am. I watch NFL, but I don't have a favorite team no more because here's the reason why I don't have a favorite team because my favorite team was the Carolina Panthers. Spoiler, because it's North Carolina, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was a big fan of them, but then Cam Newton left. I just stopped giving a damn about the Panthers because I didn't like. Yeah, how that's they that's the same thing with with me because it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I pretty much, I pretty much like like the Patriots at least a little bit, and the fact where it's kind of ironic because I I've always I've always thought it it would be awesome to see Cam Newton and Tom Brady facing each other in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but it turns out Tom Brady, he pretty much left the Patriots to go to Tampa, and now Cam Newton is on Tom Brady's former team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who would have thought? Exactly. And, and, no, and no offense, you know, Cam Newton actually has the toughest job in America as a quarterback because you're literally taking over for a quarterback that made it where the playoffs are so easy for New England. It was guaranteed every year. And this, and of course last year in New England did not have that. So, but definitely though, um, to me, you know, that's the reason why I'm not a Panthers fan anymore because of how they treated Cam Newton on the way out. Um, mm. So that, I mean, I mean, and, and, and also I don't like Carolina Panthers fans, you know, I'm sorry to Panthers fans out there. You know, th- you know, Tavon, Tavon, I will say this here about the Carolina Panthers fans, okay? They have the most beautiful women that you'll ever meet. They have the most yeah. beautiful women. They have the most beautiful women you'll ever meet. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful women. Beautiful women. I, I follow one as well. I'm, a, I'm actually going to shout her out. Um, like, you know, I, I'm actually going to shout her out. Her name is, you know, Lauren, you know, like right on Twitter, you know, Lauren G. You know, beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Ah. Um, but... This woman here was criticizing Cam Newton and shit like a motherfucker. I remember that she would be like, oh, well, the Panthers just suck. I'm like, I'm like, damn. I'm like, damn, it's just the first quarter. Damn, chill out. You know, like, I, I to me, 
if I was someone's husband and my wife was so dog in the Panthers, I don't know if I could handle it because I would just not I would I would honestly not watch the football games with her. I wouldn't break up with her or nothing, but I wouldn't watch the football games with her. But beautiful woman, you know, funny, smart, southern. You can't go wrong with any of those traits. Except me and her would never get along about Carolina Panthers stuff. Carolina Hurricane stuff we'll get along with. Charlotte Hornet stuff. Mm, we, we, we can say we both like Lamella. Because I'm not a fan <laughs> of the Hornets. Because the Hornets, I saw the Hornets be shit for years. And I saw them be shit for years when they were the Bobcats. And Texas Longhorns fan, mm, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't talk about college football. I, I'm SEC all the way. I'm, I'm Florida Gators, like. I'm, I'm, I'm so Florida Gators, dude, so no. Um, I don't think me and her would ever work out as companions, but beautiful woman. I'm shouting her out, you, you know, uh, single woman, too, you know. Um, I don't like how she talks, though. She talks kind of like, you know, like she got a man, but she don't got a man, you know, tries to keep it on the down low. So uh, I have to say this here. La- ladies, if, if you date a man, um, can you just validate the man? Like, you don't have to be saying, oh, I need to be watching NBA with someone's son, even though I'm not an NBA fan. Like, that's the dumbest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. Tavon has a mother. Noah, don't be asking Tavon, oh, Tavon, did you watch the Hawks? Like, like I bet he never came to your DMs and said, man, Tavon, you know, like, jeez, man, you know, like, you know, like, did you watch the NBA game? Do you need a hug or something? Like, she didn't come to you for that. Like, that's so rude. So, so that could mean anything. Like, don't be saying, oh, someone's son. Like, like, Tavon has a mother. Tavon has a, Tavon has a family. He's just not someone's son. You know, like, that's so rude. I can't stand when guys get talked to like that. Like, someone's son. Tavon, Tavon, that's, that's like me saying to like, girl, oh, someone's daughter. Like, Man, you know how rude that is, man. Like, man, I will bury someone's heart. Man, th- man, that don't even sound right. That wouldn't even sound right. That that would be like me talking like that. No, man, man, show respect, man. Show respect to the man. I mean, I mean, Jesus, man has to work too, or or he's at least in college or something. You know, I mean, jeez, I mean, I can't stand people like that though. But beautiful woman, um, would I ever date her? No, because she's already got a kid. So, um, you know, and, and I got and I got this like funny iffy policy. I ain't being no stepdaddy. Nope. <laughs> no, no, uh, because 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 if I do, then I get then I have full right permission to eat your kids snacks. You know, like like, like oh, you went to the grocery store. Oh, you got those Capri Suns. Oh, shit. <laughs> they, them kids ain't going to be getting mad at me. Like, I'll be, be like, be like, that's why I fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh man, oh man, she's gonna come at me and be like, what the fuck is this asshole talking about? This asshole talking about my kid? Yes, I talked about your kid. Your kid ain't ugly, I'm just telling you, I'll eat your kid's snacks right in front of the kid. So don't be doing that shit like that. No. Oh man. But of course, um, we're gonna uh, talk about two NFL teams per day um, for the next 16 days. That's 32 NFL teams. Um, we're going to go with what, um, they're doing on daily wager on ESPN, um, two that you can see them at 6 PM every day. Of course, in the NFC East, we're going to start with one team. It's just going to be random. Um, we're going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. These odds here are presented by Caesar sports by William Hill. 
Um, remember to make sure to always be checking your local listings for um, betting sites in your area. So, um, In the NFC East, we've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Their win total this year to win is seven games. The over to win over seven games is plus 130. Under is minus 150. We are now at 18 games, which means now that teams will either finish with like a seven and ten record, eight and a, um, eight and nine, nine and eight, etc. You get the point. Um, to um, win the division, they are at plus 500. Um, in the NFC East, it's the Giants, the Washington Football Team, because you can't call them the other name, the Philadelphia Eagles, and of course the Dallas Cowboys, which we all know who's going to be favored in that. <laughs> to make the playoffs, the Eagles are plus 280. To win the um, NFC East Conference, they're 35 to one. That's plus 3,500. To win the Super Bowl, they're 75 to one. Odds for the worst record, Tavon. They are actually in the top four for the worst record um, mm. by 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 odds makers. They're tied with the Bengals and the Jaguars for the fourth worst odds. The Browns? No, the um, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. The Bengals. The Bengals are the other Ohio team. Is in that though they they mm. are tied for the fourth worst odds. So here's how I got the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I say that they actually do win over seven games. I don't think they make the playoffs, but they finish eight and nine. Jalen Hurts. Uh, here's why I say this here for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm gonna you know and I'm gonna make sure to help you throughout this Tavon. Um, I'm always gonna make sure to give you like the insight about why you know you should. It, it like give you you know like a prediction you know because because I know that you're not the I know you don't watch football like that but we're going to at least you know get you at least you know to where you can predict something. Here's why I say they're going to win eight games. They've got Mike. They've got Miles Sanders at running back. Miles Sanders literally had about almost six games where he had over a hundred yards rushing last year. He had eight, he had over he had over eight hundred and sixty seven yards. His, he's he's supposed to be where he's supposed to be getting over a thousand yards this year at minus one twelve if you're betting for it. And I've got Miles Sanders getting over a thousand yards. Jalen Hurts, I've said that he'll get over thirty seven hundred yards passing. I know the Eagles are a very young team. They don't. They're literally got a new head coach that's never coached football. You never coached in the National Football League as a head coach. They've got. They've literally got a running back that they don't know could be the future or could be something of a bus. Jalen Hurts is literally going to be the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles the rest of the season because his backup is Joe Flacco, and they're not going to go to Joe Flacco. They gave up Carson Wentz. Um, and also for the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, th- th- their receiving core is either injured or they're very young. You know, and I definitely don't see a reason why I can't say the Eagles can't win eight games. Here's the reason why I also say it as well. I don't trust the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't trust the Giants. The Washington football team was the team last year that actually had the best record in the NFC East and, you know, took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that wild card. Hmm. So, and here's how the Eagles' schedule goes. Uh, from week one through eight, week one, they're at Atlanta. Uh, week two, they play the 49ers at home. Week three, they're at Dallas on Monday Night Football. That's going against Monday Night Raw soon. Um, they've got the Chiefs. That's Patrick Mahomes and company. Week five at Carolina. Week six, um, back home against Tampa Bay. Week seven um, at the um, Las Vegas Raiders. Week eight at Detroit. 
Week 9, um, they've got the Chargers. They don't get a bye till Week 14. So here's why I say the Eagles are probably going to be like, if I had to judge through the first nine weeks off the bat, the Falcons, can I say they beat them? Yes. I definitely got them beating the Falcons. Um, so that's 1-0. Can they beat the Niners? No. So they'll probably be 1-1. One one. Cowboys, yes, 2-1. Two Chiefs, no, that's 2-2. Two two. Panthers, they would be 3-2. and two. Buccaneers, no, that's 3-3. Three and three. Raiders, 3-4. Three and four. Lions, 4-4. Four and four. Chargers, 4-5. and five. They're already a 4-5 and five team to me after nine weeks. I feel like they're just going to trade wins every single week, back and forth, because they're a very young team, but I look at the Carolina Panthers and I don't trust them. The Cowboys have always been a big failure to NFL teams and to NFL fans and to NFL betters. Um, mm. Maybe not to fantasy football owners, but to NFL betters, yeah. And, of course, you know, the Falcons, I don't believe in the Falcons at all. Um, week 10, they're at Denver. I think they can definitely be Denver. That's a 5-5 five and five record. Saints, no, 5-6. and six. Giants, I say they can pull off the upset in New York. That's 6-6. Six and six. They can definitely beat the Jets at 7-6. So by the time they get to their bye week, I think they're already a 7-6 and six football team. And then I think week 15, 16, 17, and 18, they'll probably, they'll probably maybe get one win out of the next four off their bye because usually when teams have like a bye week that far away, when they come off the bye, they usually play a little sluggish. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't think they would beat Washington, but I think they could beat the Giants at home. And if they can't beat the Giants, then they can beat Washington or Dallas. And, yeah, so that's why I say that. Um, what about you, Tavon? What do you think? Um, do you see the Eagles winning over seven games, or do you think the Eagles will win under seven games? Yeah, I'll have to say under. Under? Okay. Well, a lot of people are actually going under. In fact, the, the betting odds say the um, Eagles are minus 150 for the under um, for seven wins. So, 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 it, so the public agrees with you. The public does agree with you in, in a big form of fashion. Of course, the worst odds to win, um, the worst odds for the regular season is the t- Houston Texas to win the least amount of games. The Detroit Lions are second. The Jets are third. So that's why. Um, if you were to bet on who would have the worst record, dead heat rules apply. What does that mean? That means that if the two worst teams don't win any games or they tie for the least amount of wins, you don't win nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you better really be careful who the hell you choose to have the worst record because if they tie – you could be effed. <laughs> like, um, next up, we got the NSC South. We're going to do one team, and then we're going to close it off there. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, Caesars Sports, William Hill is um, covering these. Um, win total for the Falcons to win over seven and a half games. That means eight games that they need to win. The over for that is minus 125. The under is plus 105. To win the division, they have an eight to one odds. That's plus 800. To make the playoffs, plus 230. To win the NFC um, East or to win the NFC Conference, they have to be twenty-two to one odds. Super Bowl, they're fifty to one odds for some reason. And Matt Ryan to win the MVP is thirty-five to one. Here's what I've got to say about this, though. I say the Falcons lose. The Falcons are going to have the worst record in the NFL. They're going to finish four and thirteen. I've got them under seven wins, so I'm taking that plus one hundred five for the under. 
Uh, Matt Ryan's going to have under 4,500 yards. I don't believe that he's even going to make it as an MVP. They've gave up Julio Jones. They have a new head coach in Arthur Smith. The Falcons lost seven games last year by a touchdown or less. Um, and I don't believe in this team. They don't have a great defense already. They literally are now trusting over their keys for their new receiver for Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is 11-1 to to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year odds, and I don't see him winning that because Trevor Lawrence is the favorite in Jacksonville. Justin Fields is second. Trey Lance is third. Zach Wilson fourth, and Mac Jones is fifth. So the Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to go to a quarterback. We just don't know who yet, and... I just don't believe in I just don't believe in this um, team. You know, I mean, even Arthur Smith for Coach of the Year is twenty to one, and he's a rookie head coach. You know, and, and like, uh, and, and fun fact, you know, who's actually the favorite to win Coach of the Year this year? Bill Belichick. No, uh, Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns, oh. thirteen to one. So, so, I mean, odds makers do believe in Kevin Stefanski. Second on that list is Sean McVay of the L.A. Rams. Third on this list is Brandon Stanley of the L.A. Chargers, which I think that's way too high. Brian Flores of Miami's 15-1. Kyle Shanahan's 15-1. Uh, Bill Belichick is seventh on this list at 18-1. He's tied with Andy Reid and Sean McDermott, which is weird because Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, and Sean McDermott, you know, Sean McDermott and the Bills made it to the – AFC Championship game. The of course the Chiefs lost in the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers. And Bill Belichick, you know, I mean New England has always been, you know, a very high team, you know. So it, it's very weird to see. It's very weird to see the Indiana Indianapolis coach head coach Frank Reddick be more of a favorite than Bill Belichick. So I, I don't trust these odds. I just don't. Uh, here, here, here's why I don't trust the Falcons neither. The Falcons, to me, I just I can't see them winning but four games. The four games I do see them winning, um, here's the four games I, I see them win. I could see them beating the Jets in London, which means they'd be one and four by then. Their, their bye week starts sweet six. Um, they can beat the Jaguars week 12. That's two wins. Um, they can beat the Lions. That's three wins. And week 18, they can beat the Saints. But that's it. <laughs> I don't believe anything else in this Falcons team. This Falcons team just tells me no, no belief in them. What about you, Tavon? What about you? Um, do you think this is a Falcons team that can win over eight games? Uh, which one? The Atlanta Falcons. Um, okay, yeah. Well, uh, they traded Julio Jones, Atlanta did, for safety Jamal Jerron Herdman. So, not good at all. So, I'm not believing in this team at all in any way, shapes, or forms. How about this here? Now we can officially now get into some wrestling. Monday Night Raw this week, we had, uh, of course, we had the New Day. um, And Bobby Lashley, MVP for our main event. Starting off the second hour of our show with this. Of course, Miz TV. Um, was the show that started off this week. Um, this was a weird Miss TV, Tavon, to say the least. I, I, this was a yeah. really weird – this was really weird. Okay, so Miz opens up the show, um, and, of course, he introduces John Morrison as best friend. Morrison called himself America's voice wanted. 
and said he was the best equipped to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Miz introduced his next guest, Drew McIntyre, and he said that he recently cashed in on McIntyre to win the WWE Championship, which he did. So McIntyre entered and reminded um, Miz that Lashley was the reason they won the championship, and he had a hell in a, and he had an elimination chamber match right after. And McIntyre was also saying that he had a love hate relationship with the Money in the Bank briefcase because he said that he's going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase and become the and become a champion on any brand. And now they're pretty much like telling you now that they can cash in the Money in the Bank in NXT. So they are like teasing mm-hmm. that. So so of course they're teasing that. Um, and then. I'm really sick of these. I'm really sick of Drew McIntyre's promos now, because he literally said, "Texas, the Big Alamo." <laughs> he said, "You know, I'm actually related to Davy Crockett." I'm like, <laughs> "We're back at this bullshit again." I thought that we got rid of this last week, and of course, he said that his fifth grandmother on his side, you know, had a, like had relations with Davy Crockett or something like that. <laughs> And that he would rather die in Texas than give up the money in the bank. I was like, what the hell does this even mean? <laughs> so Ricochet enters next. My God, do they hate Ricochet on this show. They hate this man. Miz said Ricochet risked his and Morrison's careers last week. He said, what do you even have to say about this, Ricochet? And Ricochet said, I'm glad that you brought that up, Miz. He says that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win the briefcase. And then Ricochet said, to the R, to the I, to the C. I'm like, <laughs> I said, I know you're not doing this, man. I said, I said, who the hell told you to do that? Like, poor Ricochet had to break dance and everything. Drew McIntyre's in the ring confused. John Morrison then gets upset. <laughs> and John Morrison actually took it really seriously when Ricochet started dancing. Like, John Morrison was like, stop. Like, <laughs> Morrison, I was like, John Morrison was serious. I'm like, I'm like, you are serious? Like, so then Riddle sits on the top of the ladder. He comes out next. And Miz asks, why the hell are you sitting up there? And Riddle said, I thought this was Miz TV Money in the Bank edition. And, <laughs> and, I, actually, and I actually thought they were going to actually open up Miz TV on Raw. Like they did when um, Dean Ambrose, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, and others were on the ladders. But they didn't do that. And I'm like, why didn't you do that? Like, that would have actually worked. Like, you could have had Kevin Owens and Big E on there. And Big Big E could have actually helped this segment a lot. So then, of course, Riddle thought they were supposed to uh, do that. And then Riddle commented on how high he was. I'm like, okay. And then he began <laughs> yeah, rambling. that was really funny. <laughs> and then he began rambling to Miz, and Miz stopped him. And then, and then Riddle's now, like, kissing the sky like Randy Orton's dead. Or Randy Orton went missing. He's like, Randy, I'm going to win this for you wherever you are. I'm like... I'm pretty sure Randy ain't dead. Like I'm, I'm like 99 percent sure he's not dead. So then Ricochet and Drew McIntyre try to egg him on, and Miss said, "Stop egging him on! Like you idiots! Like <laughs> he's just gonna keep doing this." So then AJ Styles and almost come out for no reason, and then AJ said that Randy Orton dropped out of it and said it should have only been a singles match between him and Drew McIntyre, which is true. And then he said, he said instead Riddle. Got his way into this, and then Riddle said, "Oh, Skipper, you know I missed you." <laughs> I, said, I said, "I said you gonna call him a rabbit again?" And so he said, "Almost, we're almost the same height." High five. 
and then almost just knocked over the ladder. And then this is where the segment got weird. I didn't understand this at all. So McIntyre and Ricochet let him fall off, and no one gave a shit. Miz and Morrison were just scared because they actually did their jobs here. And then, like, AJ just kicks Riddle right in the foot, and Drew McIntyre doesn't do anything, but Ricochet then pushes him. And then Ricochet checks on Riddle, and then John Morrison beats up on Ricochet, and then Ricochet literally takes out Morrison, almost was getting ready to take out Drew McIntyre, but then Drew McIntyre clotheslined him out of the ring. And the segment just ends with, like, the weirdest – it ended the weirdest way. And Miz is still in the ring with the wheelchair, and Miz is afraid about getting squirted with a water gun again. <laughs> Ricochet just broke the damn thing and threw it in the crowd. I was like, what the hell was this segment? I mean, it was – I mean, I've seen pointless segments on this show, but that was really pointless. Mm. So, so of course – of course, Tavon – so I was actually listening to the Jim Cornette podcast – I know I know. our former co-host on the show said, everybody calls me the Black Jim Cornell podcast. I'm like, I'm like okay, first up, first up, first up. He would never be considered that even in a snowstorm of a Sahara desert. So let's, let's stop that right there. Secondly, um, I was listening to this, and he recalled the very first time he ever picked a fight with Vince Russo. So here's how the story went. They had a Raw show, and they decided – Vince Russo decided on six out of the eight matches would end in disqualification on a, on a two-hour Raw show, which mm. you and I both know, Tavon, is, is actually like very Bad. insulting to fans. It's, yeah, it's insulting to fans. So Jim Cornette was mad about that, but he didn't say anything. He just – and Cornette had heard the China match was getting changed. So China was supposed to lose to a match to some woman. Jim Cornette said he doesn't care who it was, or he said it doesn't matter. He said it was just China had a match, and she was supposed to lose this match, but instead they changed it to a DQ. So, And how it got changed to a DQ was Triple H talked to Vince Russo. Vince Russo changed the finish to the China match to a DQ. And Vince Russo was walking out of his office, and Cornette said, My God, Vince, like, what the hell? He said seven out of the eight matches are ending in a DQ tonight. And then what made him mad <laughs> was not what was this what Vince Russo said right after. He's like, DQ species, bro. No one doesn't care about that. And then he turned <laughs> away from him, walked away. And then Jim Cornette got pissed off. He's like, oh, you're going to walk away from me, motherfucker. Like, you know more wrestling than I do. So Cornette... Then got pissed off, and, like, of course, Cornette was telling, like, some of the other agents, like, it was Jack Lanson and Pat Patterson that he was talking to. And then Vince Russo kept looking at him funny. And then Cornette popped up. He said, he said, well, you know what? Man, you get your ass kicked out of this wrestling company, and you got to sell video store, and you got to sell your t- <laughs> videos at a video store then we'll know who was actually uh, right and who was wrong. So then Vince Russo <laughs> didn't go to – so he, so instead of trying to fight Jim Cornette or saying, hey, you want to take this outside, you motherfucker. This is what Vince Russo did. Vince, he says that Vince Russo ran into Vince's office and said, Vince, 
Cornette was talking down to me and all the boys heard it. <laughs> so then this McMahon went and then told JR, he said, JR, see if Cornette was talking down to Vince Russo and the boys heard it. And all the boys did hear it. All the women heard it too. So then <laughs> Jim Ross said, Jim, did you say this? And Jim's like, you damn right I did. That motherfucker doesn't know wrestling. Like, he's like, I want that motherfucker fired to death. Like, so then Jim Ross said, okay. So then Jim Ross told Vince, he said, yeah, he said it. He's, he's like, he, he said every detail too. He said, he said he didn't hide any of the details. And Vince Russo didn't get. And, and Vince Russo, I guess, saw he was going to get Cornette fired. He didn't. So Cornette and Russo. So I guess Vince just like avoided it. So Vince is just like, oh well, okay. Like he just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> So, so, so then when I thought of this show tonight, and I saw all these bad finishes, I was like, I wonder if someone got cussed out the same way because because I was just like, I was wondering if someone went up to Bruce Pritchard and said, "Bruce, you motherfucker." <laughs> Anyways, John Morrison Ricochet ended in a countout, thirteen minutes. This was actually a good match. It was a good match, but I mm-hmm. hated the finish of this match. Here's why I hate about this finish the most. In, it's actually not on the men because I was actually really concerned for Ricochet and Morrison on this because I guess Ricochet was supposed to do like a Spanish fly on the outside. But mm-hmm. Ricochet got caught. Like the rope, I guess, tripped him. And Morrison just caught him. And Morrison just fell back. And Ricochet fell back. And I was like, oh, like – and Corey Graves made a great point of commentary. He's like, these men are going to kill each other. And they were. Um, however, Morrison won by the countout after he managed to slip in the ring, but Miz blocked Ricochet with his um, wheelchair. However, Miz was supposed to actually block Ricochet. He just was on one side. He didn't block Ricochet. He he was supposed to. So the finish of this match ended very poorly, and they did not do this finish right. So um, I didn't like that. I was just like, man. But Morrison won via countout. Uh, spoiler alert, Morrison takes on Ricochet next week in a false count anywhere match, which hopefully we actually get like an actual clear-cut winner. Because, I, I mean, I mean, these guys really have had two good matches, but they keep getting screwed by a shitty finish. It's yeah. like someone does not want them to get over. So Jinder Mahal arrived at the building like he was the Undertaker for some reason. <laughs> I thought this was the American badass Undertaker. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, yeah, for, for real. <laughs> it's like Jinder took a page out of Undertaker's book. Yeah, I'll, one thing I'll say when it when it comes to Undertaker, him as the American badass. I mean, he's just underrated, man. He he is. I definitely agree. American badass Undertaker is probably my favorite Undertaker ever. I mean, because and, – and, and there is stories that Undertaker never wanted to go back to being the dead man after 2004. He wanted to stay the biker Undertaker because because he felt like he was so comfortable in that character. And he was yeah, actually. Like, in that he, he was just – he was just – he was just awesome as it, at it. And he, and, he, and he said some funny shit too. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, and there was even a Raw shoot too where he was like the biker Undertaker in 2002 – and he was feuding with Triple H, and Ric Flair and him were in the ring before Triple H came out. And the crowd were just not into Undertaker that night for some reason. They just kept chanting, what? And then Undertaker said, 
I'll tell you what. Keep sharing what if you sleep with your sister. <laughs> and then the crowd stops. Oh, yeah. That. I've heard the about crowd I've, I've that. Seen the crowd stops. I've seen that. The crowd was just like, so then they start booing him like, like, boo. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that is a good way to get the crowd to shut up. I mean, like, like we need to start taking more. Uh, like, I wish that Undertaker just did promo classes for, for like, asshole crowds. Like, okay, okay, if the asshole crowd keeps interrupting you. <laughs> Just be an asshole back to him. Like, that's, that's, that's <laughs> the best way to do it. So then, Shanky and Beer, who are Jinder Mahal's um, running guys, um, were looking at the bike and like, yo, this bike's awesome. And then Kevin Patrick came up, and Kevin Patrick's like, Jinder, sweet bike, bro. He's like, so <laughs> Kevin Patrick was like, and then, and then he, said, he said, why did you want to face Drew McIntyre tonight? So then Mahal said that he got, he, he said he got it after one of his title defenses. And picked it up with his old friend Drew. He tried reaching out to McIntyre recently, but it took him three days to respond. So Tavon, you know what he did? He said, "Sorry, busy," and he <laughs> and he and he said he didn't even put the T O O. He only put the number two. He said, "What kind of guy is Drew McIntyre nowadays?" I'm like, so we started a feud over texting. Now I'm like. Woo, I'm like, man, man, this reminds me of the Booker T and Shampoo shit. Like, man, remember that they were fighting for that Shampoo commercial? Like, really? Like, <laughs> we're doing this now? Like, are we that Wait, lazy? Wait, Booker T Booker? and who? Booker T and Edge at uh, WrestleMania uh. <laughs> feuded for, sh- for a Shampoo commercial that wasn't even American. It was Japanese. So they actually had to speak Japanese throughout the entire commercial. Was that WrestleMania were- 18? No, that was WrestleMania. It was, it's the WrestleMania before he took on Triple H that year. That it was the year after he took on Triple H. I don't know which because it's the same one. Ah, uh, WrestleMania twenty. Uh, no, no, it was eighteen. No, you're right. You're right. It's eighteen. Oh. it's eighteen. But they were literally fighting for shampoo, and the crowd was chanting that like they're fighting for a shampoo commercial because Edge thought he deserved to be in the shampoo commercial because he had more longer <laughs> hair. Booker T thought I deserve to be in the shampoo commercial because I have great um, dreads. And that was the reason why those two kept feuding. So <laughs> they literally feuded for a shampoo commercial. Booker T won it after all. But what's funny is they, they didn't even air the shampoo commercial. So <laughs> that, wow. was, that was a waste of time. So, yeah. <laughs> so then, so this, so this Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre feud reminds me of a shampoo commercial, except Jinder Mahal is just mad because Drew McIntyre texts. Um, less um, stuff than what Mahal would. So Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Reginald were in the back. And Reginald thought that he saw Alexa Bliss behind them, and he did. But then um, Shayna Baszler just said that she was sick of his crap. And that Nia Jax said that you need to lay off Reggie. So then we go next to the babyface women. Uh, Naomi told Nikki Ash... That's Nikki Cross, people. That she loved her new look and name. Asuka said the cheesiest fucking line. And <laughs> you know where they do those promos? Vince and Bruce Pritchard are staring at you. So Asuka really had to be phony as fuck on this thing. Oh. She said, I've always wanted to team with a superhero. I'm like, you did? <laughs> like, like, then what the hell was Charlotte Flair that? Charlotte Flair's a superhero on that show. Like, you me? Like... You said that? Like, what the hell's wrong with you, Oscar? Like, so Nikki thanked them. And then Nikki goes into, like, a three-minute speech saying, 
but she wasn't a superhero. She's Black Widow. She's almost a superhero. I'm like, Black Widow Black Widow on the Avengers actually was a superhero. <laughs> You're not a superhero. That's the joke. <laughs> like, the joke is, Nikki Cross doesn't know she's not a superhero. She's starting now to believe her own hype. And then Nikki cut a promo about never giving up hope. And I'm like, what does this have to do with the Money in the Bank briefcase? Like, shouldn't you be saying, I'm going to whoop your guys' ass. I'm going to fly up to the top rope and I'm going to do some <laughs> Superman duck the duck the duck shit or something. Like, you didn't say any of that. You just yeah, that could have worked. Exactly. Something cheesy along those lines if you're going to go all the way out there. So then Nikki's music hit. And I forgot it's that shitty. I'm like, God, like, really? <laughs> Gee, we hate her that much, so then Bliss showed up, and so Naomi and Asuka did not get their hopes up for money in the bank, and Naomi and Asuka just looked pissed at her. I'm yeah, like, I just gotta like, say, I swear, it's like, when Alexa said that, it's like she, it's like she's like her normal self. Exactly, and Naomi and Asuka don't even treat her as frightened, they just, they literally just pissed off too, and then, and then of course we had an eight women tag match. God. What did we do to deserve this in the first hour? We, are we that terrible of humans now? Like, Eva Marie, Drew Drop, and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeated Nikki, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, and Asuka in 11 minutes, 56 seconds. This felt like 21 minutes and 56 seconds because it was bad enough that we get a commercial two minutes into the match. And I hate that. I hate those already because that kills the heat for the match i'm like you just killed the heat for the match like and then we enter the second hour and bliss and dewdrop are going at it i'm like that doesn't even make any sense like <laughs> shouldn't dewdrop be scared of this woman like the only highlights of this match that i liked was when even marie tagged herself in yeah she got in the ring and she turned around and looked at the hard camera and she turned back around, and Alexa Bliss scared her the hell out the ring. And someone on <laughs> yeah, that was said, funny. And someone on Instagram said this here, that this made my night. They said, Eve Marie got scared back into a five-year vacation. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, I said, okay, okay, that, that was a good, I was like, that's a good joke. So then, so then, of course, you know, when we get the hot tags, you know, we're getting ready to get to the end of the match. Except we're going four minutes into a hot tag, and all these are looking bad, and I'm like, can we get to the finish? Can we get to the finish? Can we get to the finish? And of course, so this is how the finish is going. They traded. So then, of course, we have uh, Asuka that followed up with a German suplex on Baszler, but Baszler kicked out. Dewdrop was actually supposed to break it up in time, but Dewdrop just pushed Asuka, and Asuka <laughs> technically didn't even fall right there. So, and then poor Dewdrop. I don't know why I called her this, but Piper Nivet. Pushed her, and then Piper Divot fell over. So Piper Divot didn't know what role she was supposed to be doing. So I'm like, what the hell are you women doing? So then this led to everyone trading moves. And then Nikki put um, Baszler into the La Mastra Cradle. So uh, that is the name of her finisher. That is going to be the name of her finisher, Tavon. She has a roll-up pin wow. for a finisher. <laughs> and then the referee said that Baszler's not the legal woman, so then Nia Jax came in. And instead of just giving a Samoa drop and that's it, Nikki Cross actually fought off and then got the Samoa drop. I'm like, you could have just went to the finish. And then after the match, Eva Marie said, the winner of this match, Eva Marie. <laughs> and I and Jackson Shayna Baszler, Reginald, all pissed. And Piper Niven on the outside saying, yeah, she does this all the time. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. Give her a victory. And then Byron Saxton actually had something actually noteworthy on commentary to say 
Byron Sexton said this here. There were three other women on that side of the ring that won that match. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I said, you just realized that too. So then Patrick Tag, so then Kevin Patrick bars in to Bobby Lashley in MVP's dressing room every week. And I don't know how he's doing this. And MVP's getting pissed off by this too. MVP was getting annoyed that he get they kept getting into their locker room. Lashley said he decided to take a vacation after beating both McIntyre and Xavier Woods in Hell in a Cell matches. Here, Kofi called him out last week, so now he plans on hurting him. And I like the segment. I like that Kevin Patrick gets over with MVP because MVP's actually putting him over. And I like how the, and I like how all the women. They keep actually doing their roles great. The women don't even like Kevin Patrick either. So, <laughs> and then of course, we then had um, they announced the return to Madison Square Garden for SmackDown. So of course that was definitely going to happen. Uh, Mon- and then we had um, our first squash match of the night. Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali defeated Mansoor in two fifty two. They aired a backstage clip last week where in the Battle Royal this happened during commercial. Ali threw Mansoor out of the ring after he helped him. And then Mansoor um, on the YouTube channel said, why the hell did you do that? I'm trying to win money in the bank. And Ali said, I'm trying to teach you the same things because I don't want you to end up like me. And I'm like, huh, that's a good point. I'm like, I was like, I "I actually have to agree with him. I'm like, like, Mustafa Ali doesn't get pushed. And Mustafa Ali is a really good wrestler. So then this match ends with, a good spot, actually. I like this spot. This was the spot where Ali got his foot trapped between the ropes, so Mansoor helped him out and gave him a chance to regroup. And, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin has always said, DTA, don't trust anyone. <laughs> you shouldn't have been trusting that because Ali rolled up Mansoor <laughs> for the victory, and then Mansoor was pissed off, and Ali said, I told you so. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know what? You know, I couldn't even be mad at Mustafa Ali. I couldn't even be mad. I, mean, I, I, was, I, was, like, I was like, this is how they book baby faces. Like, that, that's how they think a baby face is going to get over. So, Sarah Schreiber interviews Drew McIntyre. He had an opinion on McHall's text message. He said that's another story for another time. Um, he did give McHall credit for at least wanting to fight him, unlike others in the locker room. And then McIntyre told another story how the sword that he carries to the ring is actually made from the tooth of the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> so I immediately did the number one thing that anyone else would have done. I skipped ahead to the match because I'm not <laughs> listening. Because I'm not dealing with two stories of Drew McIntyre in one night. Because for one, they're all fucking lies. Two, they make <clears throat> zero sense now. And three... That's, if that's how you think that's getting over, no, that's actually going to be annoying as shit. Fans are going to move the shit out of him. Literally, when, when we get fans back in two weeks, this man's going to be back. This man's going to be 2015 Roman Reigns. I won't be shocked mm. if Drew McIntyre says suffering succotash. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked if he says that. And then Drew McIntyre, Jim Mahal get like a 10 minute, 15 minute match. Uh, 10, 10 minutes, 15 second match. That ends via DQ. So um, here's how the first half of this match went. Drew, um, Jinder Mahal had him before the commercial break. After the commercial break, Drew McIntyre's doing all the big moves. Future Shock DDT, ready to set up for a clay board. Vernon Shanky um, attack him for the DQ. Mahal puts the Colossus on him. And Tavon 
Have you noticed that nobody for the money in the bank has even been built up to even win this damn thing? Because now McIntyre's yes, getting McIntyre's now getting beat up by Jinder Mahal. And and spoiler alert, their WWE is looking to try and get back into India again and try to win over that crowd and market. So Jinder Mahal is going to get pushed. Mm. So uh, to me, here's here's what I did not like about this. Jinder Mahal actually is just like I don't like to say there, there's bad workers, but Jinder Mahal could have. Jinder Mahal should have actually had a great fucking match against McIntyre. Like no, Mac, Mahal should have had like a four star match with McIntyre because yeah. that's an easy guy to work with. And I'm like, dude, like you're doing headlocks and you're do, and you're and you thinking that this is getting heat by like yelling at the ref. I'm like, man, I. It was just like, ugh. But here's what I do say. I like Jinder Mahal promos. I like he carries himself like a champion. That's why I say he would still make a great WWE champion. Um, so so, so he's getting ready to get another push. Um, I don't know how crowds are going to accept this, though, in two weeks. The New Day then um, came up to Kevin Patrick, and they didn't need to adjust their strategy tonight for their match. Um it was given their overall tag team success. Wood said he was back despite what MVP claimed, and he knew Kingston could beat Lashley at Money in the Bank. And what I hate it most about this, Xavier Woods didn't even have one bandage on him. I'm like, man, you don't even sell a hell in a cell beat neither? I'm like, ugh. Okay. <laughs> so then Kingston quoted Kevin Garnett. <laughs> yes, he did. Say anything is possible and was excited to face Rashley in front of people. I'm like... God, Kofi, I'm like, every time you do something right, man, they they, they make you look bad, Kofi. Like, <laughs> oh, poor Kofi. Oh, man, poor Kofi. So then Kingston said Lashley and MVP could take all the vacations they want and take their lady friends with them because Lashley's championship responsibilities will become his. Before they left, Woods said it would be a breeze. Which was a shout out to Tyler Breeze. I like that. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That was mm-hmm. cute. Um, and then we go back to bullshit. Lucha House Party defeated Mason T Barn three minutes and thirty three seconds. Spoiler alert for the match: Mason T Barn did ninety five percent of the heat, and Lucha House Party came back and won in the last thirty five seconds. And once again, Mason T Barn. They're still Mason T Barn. Can can we just name them? Dominic and um, Dio again. Retribution yeah. is already over. Can can we exactly and, name them and now? What, and what's worse is now, Tavon, they remind me of the Ascension. I mean, uh, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing, man. Because if I gotta start thinking of you as the Ascension, you're not getting nowhere. And and what's even messed up, Tavon? This is a main event feud, and on main event, the last two out of three weeks, Mason T Bar have beaten Lucha House Party. So mm. I don't even understand what this victory was. I'm like, this was – I guess this was something to make fans happy or little kids happy, but I hated this match. <laughs> um, so then, of course, uh, I mean, Dorado was actually wearing an expired cane mask, which Corey Graves didn't know. So that was actually pretty cool, but mm. I didn't care for this match at all. I was – I checked out of this three-minute match. Riddle is checking on his foot in the back. You know, this foot's supposed to be broken. And he's moving the toes. <laughs> and then he jumps off a crate. And he doesn't feel no pain. 
I'm like, you don't you don't know what a broken foot is, Riddle, do you? Like, so <laughs> Damian Priest came up to him, and Priest actually had more personality than usual in his promo, and I like this. I like this Damian Priest. Um, so then he told him to take it easy against AJ Styles because it could hurt his chances at Money in the Bank, and Riddle said that he wasn't afraid of heights, ladders, or AJ Styles because it revolved it involved him, you know, jumping off his friend's um, house to a pool and he broke his foot one year and the next year he did it and he fell all the way into the deep end and then Riddle said that he was going to do it for his mentor Randy Orton and then Damian Priest rolled his eyes he's like okay whatever you loser <laughs> and then he said and then Riddle said I'm going to do it with the three most destructive words in WWE R.K. Bro I was like <laughs> and Damian Priest he was like that's five words you motherfucker like <laughs> So, and I don't know why Riddle keeps kissing up to the heavens like Randy's dead. Randy is not dead, people. Like, I don't know why he keeps doing this. I, I think he's doing this to, like, either be a dick or he's really that stupid. Like, Charlotte, so then we had Riddle versus AJ Styles. 13 minutes. This was probably the match of the night, arguably. We, actually, you know what? This is the match of the night. It was a good match. AJ did the right stuff. He worked on Riddle's foot. Riddle sold the foot. Mm-hmm. That's he all sold he it needed. really well, it, and 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 I like this match. But what did we get, Tavon, on this show again? We got a botched shitty... finish. AJ uh, kicked out before the three count, and I was like, ah. Oh. And what's even worse is we got the shitty finish where the smelly Viking Raiders came and distracted Omos, and then AJ got distracted. And I'm like, how the hell are you that distracted? And then you, <laughs> and then you don't even, and then you kicked out of the two count and. It didn't even matter because literally the refs still counted the three. The, Riddle went to celebrate with the Viking Raiders. Riddle is literally yelling at the hard camera saying, we did it for you, Randy. Like, <laughs> the Viking Raiders don't even like Randy. Like, the Viking Raiders eliminated Randy Orton, you <laughs> idiot. Like, you forgot about that tag team battle royal where they eliminated Randy Orton. I'm like, uh. oh, so I'm just, so this is just like, oh. We then got a funny segment. So actually, so actually, we probably got the best segment of the night right after. It's Charlotte Flair's segment. Yep, the medical update. With a, yep, with a crutch. She said it must be hard for people um, to see um, the likes of her like this here. She so this is what Charlotte Flair does. We get another NBA comparison on this show. Yep, I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon doesn't even watch the NBA. So why are we keep getting all these, all these? <laughs> so then she said, said that Anthony Davis and James Harden got hurt. The fans stopped yep. caring, and I'm like, what the hell? I said Charlotte Flair don't watch the NBA neither. And and what's and this? How I do this is some bullshit in the segment. Maybe she's a Charlotte Hornets fan. She is from North well, Carolina. Oh well, but no one does. Oh, that could be. I mean. Uh, well, okay, but this thing here too. This I knew Charlotte Flair was faking the damn leg injury because Andrade on July fourth posted her on the beach where she was getting photos taken with no crutch or nothing. <laughs> so that's how I knew she was already bullshitting. So <laughs> of course, of course, Rhea Ripley comes down, does the same shit Charlotte's doing. She's hobbling with a leg. By the way, by the way, bringing in Ash as well. Um, hello, Ash. What Great up, to Ash? See you. Hey, how's it going? Uh, not much, Pretty man. Um, Ash, did you have a great Fourth of July weekend? Oh yes, I was oh, with the family. Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, okay, not bad at all, man. Uh, Tav- Tavon had um, Tavon and I 
you know, we just chilled out for the 4th of July, you know. I, I did have to ask you, um, Ash, did they ban fireworks where you were at? Oh, yeah, they have fireworks, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, no, I was just making yeah. sure because because I saw a lot of states had banned the fireworks in certain towns. So I, I did have fireworks, too. Tavon had fireworks, too, so that's good. So, so um, i got to ask you, do you, have you ever, like, spent any money on fireworks or – is fireworks? Eh, not, not really no, I haven't. No. Oh, okay. I, I've actually one time spent about fifty dollars on fireworks one year. Um, I got like those little things that like you know just spin around. You know. Um, how, how, however, one thing about fireworks with me, I set off a firework and then I run ten feet away. <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting burned up by those fireworks. <laughs> um, back to the raw thing. We've got Rhea Ripley. She comes out hobbling as well, and Corey Graves said. This is odd. Huh. <laughs> like, I didn't get no injury report. And then Corey Graves, Jimmy Smith, and Byron Saxton are talking like they're at a funeral. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this funeral for? For the shitty feud or for, for the fact I don't know who's the heel and who's the baby face? Rhea Ripley does everything Charlotte to get in the ring. And then, of course, they just stop fucking faking and they just actually just, like... Like actually whoop their ass. They they actually have a Star Wars fight with crutches. I was like, this is actually pretty funny. I said, I like this. So so then Rhea Ripley, when she lost her crutch, it seemed like Charlotte was the babyface. And then when Charlotte lost her crutch, the crowd cheered. And then when Charlotte said that she couldn't compete at Money in the Bank, the crowd did cheer. They did the pay, they did the fight. They did the piped in crowd cheer but you could see fans behind charlotte either cheering or booing so they were confused as well this storyline <laughs> so then so then even worse here right after um of course rhea ripley almost whacked charlotte right in her head with a crutch and then charlotte moved out the way I, what made this segment funny to me was how charlotte flair immediately Rolled out the ring and she took over high heels before she had <laughs> Yeah, the she took off her shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Those, and Rhea Ripley had on boots and everything. I was like, this is funny. Very good. This is actually the best segment of the show for some reason. I don't know why it was the best segment of the, the night to me. And then we get a main event match. Literally, this is a main event match. I don't understand who was in charge of this booking, but this seems like the strange bedfellow match. Jackson Riker and R-Truth defeat Elias and Cedric Alexander in a minute and four seconds. Here's how the story goes. Um, so that way I'm going to save you a lot of third-hour drama. Immediately, R-Truth is coming to the ring. He's rapping. He's dancing. Everyone got their entrance. And then Akira Dozawa came out, and he <laughs> he was hugging Riker and then got scared of Riker. And then R-Truth nearly beat him. That doesn't happen. And then Jimmy Smith yells, the whole locker room has came out. <laughs> okay, here's the whole locker room, people. Shelton Benjamin, Angel Garza, Drew Gulak, Roberto Carrillo. Yeah, that's a whole fucking locker room right there. <laughs> she's, she's just like, oh, no. You know what Jimmy Smith just said? The catering came out. <laughs> yeah, the catering. <laughs> the catering. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell are you saying like that? Four fucking people, and then our troop told Jimmy. He, he said, "This is what our troop did." Told Riker, he said, "Sorry, I gotta go." He said, "You gotta fight it off yourself." And then Riker just beat uh, Cedric Alexander and Elias went tag in. I'm like, this feud 
sucks. I'm like, we're going to still get Elias and Jackson Riker. Yeah, for how many times? <laughs> you know what's even worse, Dave? You know what's worse, Ash, about this whole thing? The house shows. They're going to sell this shit oh, on the house mm. shows. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't buy house show uh, tickets. No. Uh, no. I would never buy a house show ticket if they told me Elias Jackson Riker's happening. And on house shows, you know you get more time wrestling. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I've been to and, a house show. And what's even worse now is house shows are going to be three hours now when they come back. Oh, I'm hours. not watching three. I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, no, 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 uh, no, no, no. Three hours and, of a house show and it's no storylines and it's just matches. Uh, and what, and yeah, that's a pass. Yeah, and that's what, here's what's even worse, though. I mean, I the went main to event. Oh, no, go ahead. Five, so uh, nothing's long to me anymore. Uh, I will say this here, though. The main events of the house shows aren't even going to be Roman Reigns. They're going to be Bobby Lashley and MVP taking on Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. That's going to be your house show main events for three hours. No, I'm not paying for that. I would never pay for a ticket like that. I would never fuck up my money. No, no. I've I've literally lost $76 in a wallet that my mom gave a code up to Goodwill. I, I would I would never fuck up my money that bad. If 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 you fuck up your money to pay for a three hour house show in WWE, either you're a weirdo or I need to stay like sixty feet apart from you because I know you ain't wearing your mask at those shows. Like I can I like literally ima- imagine like a fat fuck literally just there like saying like, oh you yeah, go if you people piss ass like I'm gonna be like. Nope, I'm gonna leave right immediately because I'm not going no house shows like that. <laughs> like, and, and I and I gotta literally get Elias and Jackson record, and you know Elias is gonna sing, and oh, you know yeah. Riker's gonna come out, and you know they're gonna try and get Riker over as a babyface. So what are you gonna think they're gonna have Riker to start singing and shit too? Man, that shit gonna be annoying as fuck. I'm telling you, <laughs> I am not. No, no, I am avoiding every house show possible. Announced for Raw next week. Of course, I mentioned Ricochet, John Morrison, false count anywhere. Sheamus defends the United States title against Humberto Carrillo. Um, Fun fact, Humberto Carrillo ricochet for that number one contenders match ended in a double count out. So I don't know why Humberto Carrillo is getting a title match. Fun fact, I would have just gave it to Jeff Hardy. He's the only one that's actually got wins against something. (laughs) Um, Almost takes on Eric of the Viking Raiders. Um, and then, of course, we got AJ Styles taking on Ivar of the Viking Raiders in singles actions. And two weeks from now, we've got, with a live crowd, AJ Styles and almost defend their Raw Tag Team titles against the Viking Raiders. So they've got stuff planned for us, so that's good. Of course, next week's Raw is taped, so you don't have to go out your way to see this show live. Uh, Tavon and myself will not be back Monday for this Raw because it's not live, it's taped. Yeah, and, and if and and if you're doing a pu- and, and, and and can I say this here to the fightful people and the weirdos and the you know the 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 the, the New York whatever's on the YouTube's <laughs> and all this, if you do a post show of Raw that's next week, you are weird as fuck. You are weird as fuck. No, why are we doing Raw post shows? If, in fact, should we all take off next week and then just review it on Tuesday or Wednesday after like an NXT or AEW show yeah. like? That that makes zero sense. I can understand why. You, now I understand if everyone does it in two weeks, because I'm pretty sure in two weeks everyone's seen that Raw show live, which means the ratings will be up. 
which means everyone will be doing a post-show. But I don't want to I, – I, I'm tired of seeing, like, YouTube notifications, like, Sean Ross and this, like, like, oh, join us, you know, and all this. Or um, what, what's, the, what's the woman um, – Denise something that works for the rest oh, of the yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Denise. I've seen her on yeah, Twitter, too. Exactly, you know, and, and, you know, so so I, I we don't need to do no post-show next week, because one, one, I'm glad Raw is taped, because I don't want to watch it live anyway, and I was yeah. never going to watch it live. Um, main event, though, kind of main, it, it, this is where I actually was just, like, to this point where I almost messaged Tavon and said, Tavon, you want to just go ahead and start the show early, because, like, I'm sorry. Kofi <laughs> Kingston, Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley, MVP, told me everything that I need to know about house shows and how they're going to be for main events. Like, if this match wasn't this good, you know it's damn sure not going to get any better for house shows, people. So, Kofi and Xavier defeat Bobby Lashley and MVP. Kofi hit the trouble in paradise on MVP. MVP did look healthy. His knee looks great. He did all of his big moves. Um... There was nothing to say about his injury. He looked good. He took the pin. And and then I had to hear people on Twitter say, oh, this was the perfect tag finish. I'm like, it was? Like, it just seems standard to me. Like, <laughs> I had motherfuckers on Twitter say, perfect tag finish. Kofi deserves to get pushed to the moon. I'm like, for beating MVP? Like, for real? Like, obviously, he was going to be. Well, I mean, Kofi sick. already earned his title shot. <laughs> And I was like, oh, like, how's this the perfect finish? Like, 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 what about John Morrison Ricochet? They didn't get a perfect finish. Like, like, you motherfuckers really don't yeah. know what you want. <laughs> next was, week, uh, next week, false count anywhere. You can't mess this up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Watch you definitely can't DQ that. Otherwise, it's just going to be terrible because you basically w- wasted rematches. Yeah, WCW, they did that, though, in a false count anywhere match in 2000. Because Vince Russo said, DQ Schmishku, bro. No one doesn't care about that. Like, I've seen that that motherfucker. So you know that motherfucker who fucking... No, I'm not not trusting WWE. They've already fucked up two good weeks of Ricochet, Drew, John Morrison. Yeah, they did. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, shitty countouts. If two were on SmackDown, then it would be fine. Because SmackDown exactly. would be more... Yeah, because at least with the DQs on SmackDown, I mean, yeah, it sucks that the match in a DQ, but, but there's a point to it. Like, yeah, there's a reason why the yeah. DQ happened. Exactly. And, and and I gotta say, man, SmackDown, if Liv Morgan's not in that Money in the Bank women's like, oh, contract on Friday... Be. If she's not there Friday, she's never going to get in that thing because she beat Selena Vega <sighs> in a minute. She beat Carmella in two minutes. Yeah, she I, should. Yeah. Like, exactly. who else are you going to put in there? I mean, I mean, there ain't really no, nobody else that you can put on there that's on SmackDown. I mean, Natalya and Tamina are tag team champions. Well, you can't really put them on there, so you got to put Liv Morgan on there. That's true, and and what's and what doesn't even make any sense to me is Natalia to me is supposed to be feuding with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, and we haven't even seen anything about them this week. I'm like, man, like, are they going? Oh yeah, for, they, that's probably are, are another reason why I think this raw is mediocre. Yeah, we did not see Mandy and Dana and Natalia and Tamina. Are, 
Well, final grades for tonight's show. We're giving letter grades now on Keeping It 200. We've been doing it with SmackDowns and AWs. My grade for tonight's show is a D plus. I will give it a D. It was pretty much mediocre. There was some good, but I, that first hour was good. But man, when that second hour and third hour, yeah, there were some bad things. So. Yeah. I give Ash, it, what about you? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I give it a D. It's just yeah, it's just the same repetitive stuff. And if if they would go two hours, they they this show could be a lot better. It, it could be yeah, some, definitely because you could take away some of the you know the twenty four seven stuff. You could take away certain stupid stuff they do. So. You definitely could. Like, like, like when Akira Tazawa is just like hugging Jackson Riker and he doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing it for. It's just like, like, man, like you, like you really just said, like, fuck you to like your fans. Like, like we, like I'm supposed to really like buy into Jackson Riker's a big face. I'm like, and what's even worse is every one of them got like a actual, what you call it? They actually all got like this, um, they all got an entrance. That's what was weird about the whole thing in the third hour. Like everyone's getting like an entrance. Um, of course, though, on Pro Wrestling Unlimited, this was an exclusive. Um, it was announced Friday that the reason WWE has been doing a lot of gimmicky matches of the Money in the Banks, um, of the Last Man Standings, and Hell in a Cell was because Fox and USA officials talked to them and want the ratings to get boosted up and. Mm. This is the been reason. I've got to ask you, what what you guys' thoughts have been on the um, gimmicky matches of the last few weeks? Ash, you can start first. Um, I I just feel like yeah, to the gimmick matches, it it's only good when when the story's right. I feel like like the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn was the right one, but it should have been done at the pay per view. Yeah, it shouldn't have been done at, like on TV. Um, and then Kevin Owens was supposed to be taking this break, and he won the match, which made zero sense. So I've been very confused by that since. Um, so definitely. Um, but to me, I get why they've been trying to do it, but I don't think it works. I, I just don't think it's been helping. And we won't know how much it helped or didn't because there's no ratings this week because of the 4th of July. So, um, Kenny Omega um, had a stem cell treatment. Um, the AEW World Champion said he's been feeling better. Um, he had the stem cell for his athletic hernia. So here's the Kenny Omega injury list that we don't know about. He has the torn rotator cuff that he's been working with for over a year. He has a um, tw- he has a literally a twisted ankle that's really swollen. He had flu-like symptoms literally two three weeks ago, and worked a match with Moose with a hundred and five degree fever, which I wouldn't have said that out loud. But but then again, people are like, well, he probably get the vaccine or something like that. So. Um, and then he had a hernia injury. So Kenny Omega's going through the ringer. Um, what is your guys' thoughts on the Kenny Omega injury list and that now that he's at least feeling at least somewhat better like his usual self um, after the stem cell for his hernia? 
Um, it's it's part of the it's part of the process. It's part of the progress. These injuries they pretty much come around and go. So hopefully, Kenny Omega pretty much is consistent with his health and and he's like his normal self. Ash, what about you? Yeah, injuries happen, but I'm I'm glad that if he if he's feeling healthy and feel feels better to go, then that's a great sign at least moving forward. Exactly. Uh, also, I forgot to mention one other injury. He's dealing with a bruised tailbone as well. Oh, he suffered that in the Jungle Boy match. Um, Grapple has just listed its top ten matches of the first six months of the year. Based on 132,000 match ratings. Wow, these guys don't get pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry but, but if you go through 132,000 match ratings. Damn. You, you, you not only saying that the five star is your wife, but it's your mistress, it's your house, it's your <laughs> everything. Like, it's... Go outside, get some bitches or something. Damn, like, <laughs> damn, damn. The clubs are open back up. Go do something productive, please. Like, I wouldn't even do this. I would, like, oh, oh my god. Anyways, uh, like nine of the ten matches are not even um, AEW or WWE. There's only one. AEW match that cracked its top ten, and it's wow. at ten. It's Britt Baker Thunder Rosa. So mm. they, so they actually figured. But congratulations yeah. to them. Um, I, I will say though that I've heard it, it was a good yeah. match. So it, no, it yeah, it was. I saw props. it. I like Thunder Rosa. She's very talented. I thought it was actually the best um, women's match in America, probably in history. I thought it was way better than the Bailey Sasha Banks takeover. You think and, so? Like, the ba- yes. Because the Bailey Sasha Banks takeover is actually the second greatest women's wrestling match. In I like that. America. Yeah, I, I like that. I saw that match um, a few months back again. It, it really is a really great match. Um, of course, the takeover one I'm not talking about is not the takeover respect. It's takeover Brooklyn. Takeover. <laughs> takeover Brooklyn, yeah. The takeover respect one. I felt they were trying to really double down and try and get a higher star rating, but that didn't work. Um, so that's the reason why I like the Brooklyn one better. The this, the the one they had to respect is still good, but it's just not it's not my. Cup it's of just tea. not. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, how about this year though? Uh, Tavon, did you see episode two and three of Wandavision? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. Well, uh, Ash, uh, you're in for a treat because the first. Um, episode of WandaVision we reviewed. It's on Disney+. Plus. We've, we're actually now trying our first non-TV show reviews. WandaVision's nine episodes, so that's why I picked something just simple and short. Um, and this is actually something that I've really been wanting to do. Of course, the reason I'm doing this is because I feel like this will lead to Kat Dennings' coming to this <laughs> podcast. So, that's, so, so, so if anybody wants to know why I'm doing this, it, it's to get Kat Dennings, and I know she's only on four or five episodes, but damn it, it's it's still WandaVision. So, of course, um, here's how the first episode went. It, of course, it was funny as hell. Tavon <laughs> and I were laughing about Mr. Hart. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and this show to me 
literally just gets even better in episode two. So so here's how episode two starts. They, you know, they recap episode one, and literally the first minute is Vision, he's scared outside of the damn tree <laughs> because the tree keeps hitting his window, and he... You're supposed to be this guy that has powers, and then Vision hop back into bed said, someone should really check up. And Wanda said, yes, someone should. And Vision really would not get the hell up for whatever reason. And it really was just like a tree. So then Wanda and Vision had separate beds, and then Wanda just like, Made the beds be pushed together, <laughs> and then and then and then Vision's like, "Wanda, turn out the lights." I was like, "Man, that's some really cheesy shit." And then and then they had the and then they had the fake studio audience start doing the woo, like, like, like what the hell y'all wooing for? You didn't see anything, like. And then they opened up with the. Theme setting of Bewitched. That's what it was supposed to be um, on episode two. Ah. Oh, so, so of course, it's automatically, like, weird as hell because Wanda – because they show Vision. He gets up out of the bed. He just goes through the shower, goes through the closet, and he just has on his clothes. I'm like, you didn't even put soap on your uh, machine or nothing. You, 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 you literally smell. You literally do. And, and then one is at the grocery store in the opening, and this thing like automatically throws in her cart, and she, and then she does like the Michael Jordan look when he, when he hit that <laughs> shot against the Portland Trailblazers. She's like, oh, I didn't know that happened with me. And then Vision can't drink water or nothing. So Vision throws water behind his back and he hits Mr. Hart. <laughs> How the hell did you hit Mr. Hart, you idiot? You idiot! <laughs> and it starts smiling. And I'm like... And, and, then, and then, of course, we get into the first scene. This is... this. And Vision is, like, literally trying to be a magician, knowing the fact that he has magician powers. And then, and then he says, I bring you the cabinet of mysteries. And Wanda said... Is that my cue? <laughs> I'm like, they act, they act like a regular married couple, no matter what on this show. Like, if Triple H and Stephanie McMahon acted like this much of a married couple, like on <laughs> WWE television, they, they would have been so over. So, of course, Wanda then comes in, and Vision, I guess, has never seen, like, magician boxers or nothing because he's just shocked by this box and these elaborate pranks. And all this. And then Vision's like, do we even have to do this? And Wanda said, Fred and Linda are making a fully functioning moat um, <laughs> with fully functioning protocols and no one even knows why. So, yes, let's get going. <laughs> and then Vision's like, oh, where was I? He's like, watch closely as I, illusion master of, of Nygma, make my captivating assistant Glamour disappear. <laughs> so then Glamour then disappears and literally the the joke is people it's literally a two-sided wall so <laughs> i'm just like man y'all think this cheesy magic gonna work okay so <laughs> then so so it was just like to me, to me i was just already like laughing by myself so then of course wanda goes outside and she sees this plane this plane is in color and now everything on this show is now starting to turn to color. 
We start to notice it more and more. And then Agnes comes through, and Agnes says, Oh, hi, a neighbor. Like, so <laughs> Agnes comes through and says, and, 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 and then, like, Wanda says that she was going back in the house or something. And then the mailman came by, and then he's like, Oh, top of the morning, Agnes. She's like, oh, to you too. And then she put up like a fake gun. She's like, oh, don't shoot. Like, and then Agnes checks out this guy's ass. And then she's like, oh, she's disgusting. She's like, oh. And then Wanda comes out and she says, okay, I'm ready. Like, Wanda said, so, and then Agnes said, so are you ready to meet the uh, Mary of Homemakers? And then, um, of course, like, Wanda's, like, telling Agnes, don't be rude. And then Agnes, like, the only thing this woman suffers is uh, her roses are under the penalty of death. And Agnes <laughs> says, oh, I love your uh, roses. Like, like, and, I, and I even saw the roses. I'm like, these roses suck. Like, they really do. I'm like, Agnes, why are you lying to this woman? So then Agnes, before she said those roses, like, she said, Wanda, can I give you a little bit of friendly advice? And Wanda said, is it the way I'm dressed? And Agnes said, yes, but that's too late for that now. Like, she said, I'm like, you insulted her clothes. She said, Dottie is the key to everything in this town. She said, country clubs, parties, school missions. And Wanda's like, let's not get ourselves ahead. And then Agnes said, if you get in with Dottie, it'll be smooth sailing from here on out. Just mind your P's and Q's and do what I do and you'll be just fine. <laughs> and, and then Wanda said, what if I'm just myself? And Agnes looks at her in disgust and starts laughing at her. I'm like, okay, like this is already some fucked up shit right here. Like, so then Dottie gets like all the neighborhood women together, and they at this country club. And the country club, they've got this one. So literally, Dottie's like literally just stirring her iced tea with a spoon. Wanda just starts doing the same shit too. And I'm like, is this supposed to be a mocking contest? Because, because if so, you're really doing a great job at that, Wanda. So then this poor woman is, like, trying to talk. And then Donnie literally says, so where are the antique chairs? She's like, you got the antique footlights. And then she said, well, I didn't get them. And Donnie said, well, this will be the last time you ever chair a committee of mine. <laughs> And then Agnes said, I can't believe I'm doing this while I'm not drunk. Like, and then Agnes pulls out a flask, pours the damn thing in her damn thing. I'm like, I'm like man, you really going to be drinking. <laughs> so then Agnes gives the poor woman that got insulted a shot of liquor. And then we get actually a black person in this show. And, and, and now, of course, everybody's going to start thinking, oh, this guy's really racist, isn't he? No, people, we actually got a black person. Now we got three black people on this show. Me, Tavon, and, and this and this woman. So here's what we get. Um, the woman said, these pants are peachy key. You know, like, like, oh, we don't talk like that. And then watch well, like, the other ladies are in skirts. And then Donnie said, excuse me, we only have a few hours of showtime. A little less cross-chatter and a little more focus. And then Wanda, I guess, it looked like Wanda was so happy that Donnie talked to her. Wanda was like, okay. Like, <laughs> and then Donnie said, all right, now I want to give ourselves a round of applause. And Wanda has a cookie in her head and starts clapping for herself. I'm like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> then, and, then and she says for the children, she's the last one to say for the children too. <laughs> this started to become funny as hell because... <laughs> And then, of course, a, a 
I'm trying, but man, actors just like, man, I was writing these notes, these were making me laugh. So, of course, we get Vision. He goes to the public library because the library is for the, I guess it's for the, um, how would you say, the neighborhood watch. And then Vision comes in. All these guys look disgusted at Vision. I'm, I'm like, have these guys looked at themselves? They're not like, they're not the prize pigs at county fairs neither. So then Vision's like, excuse me, is this the neighborhood watch meeting? And the black guy did not want Vision in this group. The black guy really was like, I guess the chairman of this group. And I was like laughing my ass off here. Because they were like, uh, yeah, like, hi, Vision. He's like, didn't expect to see you here. And, and then and they, he says, so this is a, sort of a meetings only type. That's what Norm said. And then Vision's like, oh, certainly, right. Well, I'll just be quiet as a church mouse. And then Vision gets into the – because they said next floor of business. And literally when they say next floor of business, they just mean they want another set of Danish. They didn't want anything that Vision was talking about for protocols of threats, graffiti, <laughs> reckless driving, and literally. And so, so then, of course, um, Vision is just creeped out, and then, like, and then, of course, um, they offered Vision a Danish, and he said, "He said, no, I don't eat." And everyone looked <laughs> at him funny, like, "Excuse me?" Like he said, "He said what I mean to say is I don't eat." food in between my meals he said i'm a regular eating machine at dinner time and stuff. And <laughs> this light guy was like laughing at him like like uh, uh, you funny like, <laughs> like so, so, uh, okay, okay like for one the black guy didn't have to be insulting so then they had a top secret assignment he said he said you know johnson's been bagging about that tree house he built for his kids yeah it's a prefab job <gasps> so then they all just started, like, like that's the only business like really and then Norm said, I can do one better. You know why author's always polishing his uh, bully trophies? He brought them in Hackensack at a yard sale. And then, and then the black guy said, said, oh, no wonder I've never seen him down at the lanes. And then Vision, <laughs> and then Vision just has the worst insult of all. He said, I got a top secret gospel share too. And then he says, Norm, here's a communist. I'm like, what? I'm like, what the oh, hell? I'm I don't know if that was supposed to be insulting or what, but that was terrible joke. Joe's mm. over there is Joe's over there gets shocked at Norm, and then they all just bust out laughing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then, um, so then, so then it gets even more worse. They they were like, oh, you're a real cut up vision, like, and then Norm said, I always thought you were square, like, and then they offer <laughs> vision gum, and then like. And then Norm said, hey, wait, didn't you hear? He said, he doesn't eat food. And then Jones said, is gum really food? And, and Jones actually made a good point. I'm like, yeah, is gum even really food at this point? So the gum clogs up his machines. And Vision actually gets stupid. <laughs> so then Wanda is at the country club having to literally clean up all these dishes for Dottie. And Dottie made her do all this. And then, and then behind Dottie's back, she's like sticking out her tongue. <laughs> I like that. I, I was just like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, poor, poor Wanda did not have to get along with Dottie. I don't know why. And then, of course, the the radio starts acting weird. And then it like, 
And then, of course, but Dottie before then was starting to act weird too. One, like Dottie was like starting to get serious and saying like, "I don't believe you." Like, like all of a sudden you're trying to be like my friend and stuff. And then this guy said on the radio, "Wanda, are you? Can you hear me, Wanda? Can you read me over? Who's doing this to you?" And then they start looking at it, and Dottie's like, "Who is that?" And then the guy said, "Wanda, Wanda." He's yelling. <laughs> He's saying, "Wanda." Better fucking answer. So, so then the radio explodes her glass, and then Dottie's head starts like bleeding red, and I'm like, "Yo!" And this is where the show's like starting to like really now get into color more. Mm-hmm. And and then and then you just and that and now it's like really weird. Now it's just like, oh shit! Like, and then Dottie said, "Pop quiz, Wanda." She said, "How does a housewife get out of blood stain out of a white linen?" By doing it herself. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So so you don't care that she bleed. Okay, you're weird. So our commercial of the evening, because we have to always have a commercial in these shows. <laughs> um, this dude, again, I don't know how he got a woman all of a sudden, but he got this new tuxedo and this watch. I think he stole it, to be honest. I'm not <laughs> trying to call him a thief, but I'm going to call him a thief. This was for a watch. It's called Sticker. He said, he said, he'll make time for you. I'm like, if I wore this watch, I probably would make time for anyone, despite <laughs> if I had the watch or not. So that actually Basically. makes sense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so oh, then the and fun fact, that uh, watch, it has a logo, and it's familiar. That's a watch from Hydra. Exactly. Oh, man. I, I was wondering where that was actually from. Cause I, cause I knew it was like for something, but like, cause, cause everything they do, they always have like a, a gimmick of where it came from. So of course the talent shows here. You got the old, um, wearing someone's wearing like the horse's ass and all this. You got <laughs> someone doing the um, cow rope stuff. You got Geraldine, um, you know, telling Wanda to not be nervous because Vision's late. Um, and then Vision shows up. Vision showed up like he was drunk, I thought. <laughs> Vision came in. His legs acted all funny. He's acting drunk, man. I, and what's funny is drunk Vision actually is more entertaining for some reason. It makes zero <laughs> sense. He shouldn't be entertaining and he's drunk. So, of course, Vision's like, oh, I just had me a little giddy up. He said, what of my little cabbage you're looking smashing? He said, whoa, that goes. Oh, yeah. She does. Yeah. The way. Yeah. Pretty much what Wanda was wearing. It was like she was Santana Garrett. Exactly. And and, and and Vision is like really like trying to like say what horseshoes are. He said horses shoes. And then Wanda's <laughs> trying to like tell Vision something important that happened to Donnie. And then tell him about the plane that, she, that came into the bushes. And literally he sees this horse and he says, I was just playing with your shoes. And then, and then Geraldine says, you're on. So then, of course, Vision and all these guys, they come. So then uh, this is like the weirdest part of the show because I don't know how they kept this together because Vision came out like he was already drunk. He already did. And he was already untucking his shirt. (laughs) And I was like, so then then he said, I'm glamour. And this is my delightful assistant illusion. She said, I'm glamour. He's illusion. So... It turned into a comedy thing automatically. And I guess Vision 
like it, like like in his machine gets clocked up, he really doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So <laughs> the first thing he does, he just starts flying in midair, and like everybody in the crowd's shocked. They're like, oh, like what the hell? Even Mrs. Hart shocked so good. <laughs> so then everyone starts getting like scared, and then Wanda was able to like immediately get him on like a hanger. And then, and then, like, and then Norm's like, oh, he's using a rope, see? And then Vision's like, Wanda, no, put me down. He said, I'm going to throw up. Like, so then he said, I'm feeling pukey. And then for his next trick, he said, it's going to be great. He picks up this piano <laughs> with no, with just one hand. And then the crowd starts gasping. They're like, oh. and then Wanda said, okay, how the fuck do I get out of this? Oh, wait, I got an idea. And then Wanda literally said, I'm going to grab this piano for you, my illusion. And then she grabs it, and the piano was broken in half. She just made it into cardboard. <laughs> and then she said, whoops, you aren't supposed to see how we did that trick. And then Jones says, that was my grandmother's piano. Like, <laughs> shut up, Jones, you're never going to get it back now. And then he says, Sherbert. Sherbert, I'm like, oh, oh, Vision, now you want to get all racy. He calls this black dude Sherbert. And then he said, it's Herbert. It's Herb. He said, okay, Sherbert, pick a card. <laughs> I said, you did. He just told you his name. So then he said, put the card behind my back. He said, I'm not looking. He said, okay, is this your card? Herb's like, N- no. <laughs> He's like, he said, I beg different. He said, he said, this really isn't your card. It's a king of hearts. Then he throws out a seven of diamonds. Then he throws out a jack of spades. He just starts saying, is this your card? Is this your card? He just throws <laughs> 57 cards immediately. And then, and then Herb paused because he didn't know which card he had. And then the last card is actually his. And then he said, he said is this your card? He said, oh, yeah. It's a king of spades. <laughs> he said, he said and Fish and, and is like, is, what's your card? He said, you got the magic trick right. It's my card. He's like, well, like, pardon me, Herb. <laughs> Vision is an angry drunk. He is an angry drunk. And then he said, who stole my hat? He said, stop that rabbit. <laughs> Agnes said, senior scratch. She's got real star quality, don't you think? <laughs> and Wanda said, let's leave the buddy out of this. And then he said, no. He said, I need to pull that buddy out of my hat. <laughs> He said, fine. He said, I'll just pull the hat out of myself. And then he pulls the hat out of himself. They're all confused. And then Wanda opens up the curtain to show a mirror. So that way they didn't get all confused. And, the, and then the woman that wore the horse's ass said, that's how mirrors work? Dottie said, shut up. Like, <laughs> she said, shut up, man. Like, something. But the last trick is supposed to be the illusion thing, and Wanda was not in it. So then Agnes just makes an insult of the night. She said, you sure you don't want my husband Ralph as a volunteer? <laughs> <laughs> so, then, so then Vision hit that box, and then Vision saw Wanda's not in the box, and then the crowd's chanting, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the-? I'm like, and, and Vision's like, what the hell is in the box? <laughs> and then Wanda said, I got an idea. And then she immediately got Geraldine out of the box. And Geraldine's all confused and scared. They were like, oh. they, then they all started applauding this shit. And then Geraldine said, it's strange. 
I was literally writing something down. Then I immediately got put in this magical box. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, they're not really that good. So then Wanda asked, what the hell is wrong with Vision? She checked, and then she got the gum out of him. And then he got the and so then so then Vision said, Oh, he said, a stick of gum. He said, I'm not as funny without the gum, am I? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, not really. I'm like and then Wanda said, Let's just get the hell out of here before people start acting start wondering why we did this. And then Dottie said, You two, stop. She said, No one here has ever done what you two up here just did. In a history of our talent show. She said, you win the first ever comedy award. I'm like, they did? I'm like, they were supposed <laughs> to be going for magic, though. I'm like, they weren't supposed <laughs> to be going for comedy. So they won it. And then they, uh, and the, so, I mean, good stuff right there. It was a good, it was, a, I actually like the talent show. The talent show was funny as hell. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, Vision and Wanda get home. And they immediately act like they just won the prices right the way they dance and stuff into the house. I'm like, I'm like, you guys won a comedy trophy. Y'all, y'all don't need to be dancing and shit like that. <laughs> and and then and then of course they um, so then immediately they hear this noise outside again. They think it's a tree. But then, but before that, like, Wanda said, I'm gonna pop some popcorn. And Wanda's showing a belly. She's pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh shit! And then Vision like, if it's that damn tree again, I'm gonna rip it by its roots. I'm like, the show's supposed to be PG. You're not supposed to be saying damn. <laughs> so then, I thought, th- and when I first watched WandaVision months back, I thought this was where Thanos was showing up. I'm like, oh shit! Thanos is getting ready to get his stone back and kill you, motherfuckers out there. He <laughs> <laughs> was some dude that just pops out of the sewer. And Vision's like, what the hell is that? And Wanda is even confused. This dude's got bees, like, following him and stuff. <laughs> and, like, Wanda, he, 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 technically speaking, Vision should be the one fighting the battles, and he's hiding behind Wanda this entire show when it comes to a tree or when it comes to a dude in a sewer. And then this dude looks at Wanda, like, and it literally did look like a Thanos moment. And then Wanda said no. And then it rewinds. And it shows Wanda just pregnant, and they just go back to talking about the pregnancy, and they kiss, and then everything starts to turn into color. Vision's head starts turning into color, mm-hmm. Wanda turns into color, everything starts turning into color, and and the show ends with like them finally in color. And then, of course, so now we're going to get into um, episode three, but what, what did you think of episode two, though, um, Tavon? Um, I liked episode two. Yeah, episode two was definitely funny. <laughs> definitely. Uh, I will say, though, it doesn't beat episode one, but it really does try. But episode three, that's where we really get the good comedy. Oh, yeah. Now we're because really I seen into- that just two hours before watching Raw, and yeah. Yes. So this show here, so I don't know what the opening theme was supposed to be. I don't know um, what the name of the show was, but it's funny as hell because they're doing cheesy stuff. Like, Wanda is reading Glamorous, and she has the vacuum vacuuming itself. She's with Vision shopping. She's literally getting ice cream. Vision's, like, making, like, 100 hamburgers in, like, 10 seconds. He's riding a bike. He can't dance. (laughs) He has weird hair. 
I'm creeped out by this whole show. So, so then they get like, so then they get stuff for their nursery, like a giraffe and stuff. They got Geraldine back. They got her back. They got Agnes. And then Vision tries to set up this place, and he broke it the first time. And then the second time, he got it right. And then and then he's like hanging out with Herb and like um, Jones and Norm and like and like and like and like it just looks weird. Like when they're hanging out at like the library, they ran out of the library just to like high five. I'm like, did people really do this in the seventies? <laughs> if they did, if they did, they're really weird. So they wanted to vision of back dancing again. I'm like, you guys can't dance. Please stop it. I thought I thought she was having a seizure. To be honest, like, I thought I thought okay, okay, you dance it because you're cracked. I'm like okay. Or you having a seizure. So then the doctor is there. He said, huh. He said, this is odd. He said, yep, you definitely pregnant. <laughs> I'm like, like that took you five minutes and just some hums to figure that out. And then Vision said, it's kind of sudden all of a sudden, suddenly. He said, he said this thing practically happened overnight. I said, how does this happen? And then the doctor says, you see, when a man and a woman love each other, <laughs> they have intimacies i'm like oh okay yeah so so yeah so poor vision um what's called did not understand any of this and and then of course the doctor says so you're four months pregnant and she said yep so then literally so literally the last episode she wasn't even like like maybe like a month pregnant and now she's like four months pregnant in like another episode and then the doctor's like naming off all the like fruits that she's gonna look like, <laughs> which is very insulting because he said by the eighth month you're gonna look like a honeydew melon, like, <laughs> and then the fifth month you're gonna look like a papaya, and then the, the sixth month you're gonna look like a pineapple. Like, oh, you're insulting this man's wife. Like, and then the doctor tells him, hypothetically speaking, he said every father gets nervous. <laughs> And then Vision said, thank you for stopping by. And then the doctor said, he said, me and my wife, we're taking a vacation this afternoon to Bermuda. I'm like, huh? To Bermuda? <laughs> you mean the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> like, that doesn't even make any sense. And then Vision just told the doctor, could you please keep, like, the news about this, like, secret? He said, we don't want this getting out. And then Herb's cutting the tra- – cutting the grass and then next thing you know he's cutting like literally into the wall of this dude's like yard i'm like herb like and and herb does it while smiling at him and i guess vision didn't say anything because i guess vision was like scared as hell but (laughs) (laughs) vision was just like okay vision's like okay i'm going back in and then Vision comes in the house and insults his wife. He said, "Whoa, Nelly, you got bigger." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, great job, Vision. You really know how to make women proud, man." <laughs> I have this feeling that someone was pregnant while watching this show and said, "He's not funny." Like, <laughs> well, obviously he's not supposed to be funny. So, Wanda still can set up a crib and paint everything while being pregnant at like six months. He's Vision's like trying to read and trying to get like when's this baby gonna be here? The baby's supposed to be due Friday, like Friday, and she's and she was four months pregnant today, five months at the end of the day. She's, I'm like, and she's already feeling kicking in the afternoon while eating chips. I'm like, damn, like this kid's really good. And then, and then of course, 
so our powers are getting out of the hand. So butterflies are literally that were supposed to be hung up are now turning into real butterflies. Um, and, and 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 then Vision and Wanda like are getting into this fight about saying like Vision said, well his name is going to be Billy, and. Then and then Wanda don't like that. Williams, she said Tommy is just a nice classic American name. And then it's like, well, Billy is named after William Shakespeare. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? So you really just gave up on your kids as talent makers? Fun fact about William Shakespeare, people: he was actually a drug addict. So why do you want your kid to be a drug addict? You know? So then, of course. Wanda literally paints literally a beautiful stork on the wall. Beautiful stork. Um, and and then of course and then of course Vision is literally playing with this baby doll and he like looks at it in the eyes, he's like, Okay, we're on the same level. And then he chases the kids' diapers in five seconds. <laughs> and Wanda said, Your new personal best. I'm like He's always going to break the personal best, though. That's the issue. So then Wanda says, ooh. And then Vision's like, you're pregnant? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Vision, like, yes, she's pregnant. So then she's starting to feel like some pain. And then he said, he said, oh, you got Braxton Hicks contractions. Fun fact about Braxton Hicks contractions, people, because I took a class in mm. um, school about this, and we had to study Braxton Hicks. It was af- it was named after him in 1865. Braxton Hicks was a doctor, and he was actually one of the first doctors to deliver babies. He, basically, mm. what you would call back then would be um, the like the man wife or what I, I'm trying to think of, um, or like the person that you would go see. Um, and Braxton Hicks was hit by a cart horse, um, literally one day when he was getting to his office. And Braxton Hicks had hiccups after that. And he always had hiccups every day because he literally got hit by this cart horse. So Braxton Hicks contractions don't have anything to do with pregnancy. They just were just named after him because he was always the guy that I always told people, either I got to get the baby out of you now or the baby's not ready yet. That's why. So so I don't know why the hell we named something after Braxton Hicks, knowing damn well – he had nothing to do with them. So, of course, Wanda is trying to, like, breathe, and they mess up the kitchen. The washer's messed up. The, the sink is now making soap. Light bulbs explode. Ice is um, icing. Wanda and Vision are scared to death. Like, they really think yep. Thanos is coming the way they keep, like, acting. Like, and, that, and that's what made you, like, think, like, what? man, is Thanos really coming? Because they keep acting like Thanos is coming. So then Jones's wife says, honey, do these earrings make me look fat? The power goes out. He's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, like, I swear, that, was a six, that, that felt like that was about to be some sexy moment there. <laughs> exactly, man. Dude, dude, I, dude that was like – this show really does make pregnant women feel like insulted because pregnant women I don't think would like this episode at all. <laughs> if I brought on a pregnant woman and said – could you watch episode three of WandaVision? She'd be like, this show is insulting to me. Why am I watching this? Like, And then they're going to automatically think they're going to become a Huntington melon. You know, so then Wanda and Vision start, like, noticing things are even getting more weirder. And then according with Norm. And then, like, and then like Vision said, Wanda, I think something's wrong here. He said, I'm getting scared. And 
they rewind it. And then Vision's like, yes, I know what you mean. The truth is we are in uncharted waters. We don't know what to do with the kid. I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, you need to get the hell out of this town. <laughs> weird, you motherfucker. Like, stop this shit. So so then Wanda said, will our baby be human or Simonoids? He said, or a little bit of both. He said, if anything, he'll be perfect like his mom, Billy. I'm like, and then she said, Tommy. And then, of course, Wanda's. Water breaks in and Vision <laughs> flies into the air because he's scared to death. I'm like, Vision, you're scared, so you start flying in the air. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Vision. So then it's the real one because when her water breaks, the water literally breaks in Yeah, the that's house. when I knew that the water broke. That was funny. Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, I said, man. It was raided in that bitch and everything, and then and, and, and then they hide underneath the table. That's what the funny <laughs> part of everything was. They hid underneath the table for the rain to stop. I'm like, the kid is about to come out, and you guys want to hide underneath? Okay, that's fine. So, so then we go to our commercial of the show. These kids are playing soccer in the kitchen. <laughs> what the hell kind of kids are these? So then just love trying to eat cornflakes. The milk in the cornflakes hit her face. The dog pees on the damn floor. <laughs> the daughter burns a roast. The, she she doesn't even put a lid on the smoothie. And like this guy said, do you need a break? She's like, you read my mind. He said, come with me. <laughs> and literally, it's just for some soap in a commercial. I'm like, soap for some shower. <laughs> and it's another Hydra commercial. <laughs> exactly. A Hydra Oh, it's what it's called. I was like, man, what the hell? And and vision and vision and Wanda like stayed. And then of course, I don't know how a woman who's literally her water is broke can blow wind into the house and just dry everything in five seconds and everything like that. Because I'm just like, that kid's about to come out of you, and you're literally keep doing work. I'm like, Vision's a really bad doctor. So then Vision said, <laughs> Vision said, I need to get the doctor. Oh, wait, he actually might be out of town. And then, and then this is what she says. She's like, how can the doctor be out of town? And then Vision said, well, to be honest, honey, you're approximately nine months early. <laughs> I was like, so, yeah. Well, actually, she's like, really, really early, but okay, yeah. So, yeah, so, so then Vision fly, um, flies all the way over there. To the doctor's house. I guess this doctor's house must have been really far away or something. Wanda's like literally trying to dance and do breathing rhythms. And then she hears this bird chirping. And it's the swan she drew that came to life. <laughs> it came to actual life. And then she opens up the door with a heavy trench coat on for Geraldine. <laughs> and then she says, Wanda, it's 75 degrees outside. You trying to make a fashion statement? <laughs> she said, hi, Geraldine. This is, you know, it's not really a good time. She said, no, 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 it's Foxy. You need to let me borrow something. She said, I, but she said, I gotta borrow this bucket. She said, she said, she said, somehow all the pipes in my ceiling burst at once and I gotta bail myself out. <laughs> and then she said, all right, sure. Just stay right there. I think I have a bucket in the kitchen. And she starts acting weird. So she says, under the sink, and she starts screaming because she can't bend down. So then her coat turns into a raincoat. 
Then she turns the raincoat into a fur coat. She's like, ooh. <laughs> so she takes off the fur coat, throws it outside, and then she has to hide her pregnancy. She's got and then and then Geraldine's like, Would you look at that? And then Wanda's like, What? What? She said, Fruit. Thank you, Wanda. She said, I was hungry. She said, Wanda, before I leave, I gotta tell you something about this temp job. And literally, she does not know Wanda's pregnant. And there's literally a big old stork right behind Geraldine. <laughs> and then Geraldine said, oh, I know. You probably don't got no time. She's like, wait, wait. Tell me about this temp job. She's like, oh, that's my girl. So then this bird is literally flying. This bird is walking around like he owns the house. She tries to make him disappear. But none of it's working. All of her magic ain't working on this, this bird. This bird either has some mystic powers or something. And then literally... She starts screaming when Geraldine's telling her story, and then, she, and then Geraldine heard the bird chirp. She's like, "What was that?" <coughs> and then Wanda said, "What was what?" She said, "You didn't hear that." Wanda's <laughs> like, "No, no, no." She said, she said, "That's my new ice maker." She's like, "You know, it makes ice by itself now." Uh, she's like, "Oh, fancy!" <laughs> like so then, so then this damn bird. Literally goes back into the nursery room, and then it, and then Geraldine keeps talking about her day. Geraldine, so here's the thing: she was making like this new slogan for a breakfast cereal, and she kept making. And then she and then she had this idea because then her boss then got hiccups, which fun fact is where Braxton Hicks got his hiccups daily. So they're literally <laughs> drinking water upside down. And then apparently she got promoted because she like said because she came up with a great title. And then she said she landed the promotion. She said, "Now I need some office supplies," which brings me to my question: Do you keep those in your spare room? I'm like, why would people just keep office supplies in a spare room like that? Wouldn't they be in the front room? So then the stork, literally, literally, is in this room. You can see the stork. You can literally see it. The stork and then and then Geraldine's like, Is that what I think it is? And 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 then and then Wanda said, A stork? Yeah, I can explain. She said, No. Not the she's in the crib. She said you're pregnant and then Wanda drops the flowers and she she, she said the baby's got her. Oh, oh my god. Oh so then the damn doctor he can't even get to a Bermuda because his car ain't even working. And then Vision comes. He said, uh, the doctor said, Vision, is everything okay? He said, yes, everything's okay with the wife so long as we hurry. And then the woman said, but Stan, what about my brand new two-piece? <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, um, Wanda's like getting ready to give birth and literally – Everything's going off in the damn kitchen, and everything's going off in the living room, and everything. And Geraldine doesn't notice the walls moving, the furniture moving, none of it. And then the fire—literally, there's a fire that starts. I'm like, I do not see none of this. I'm like, Geraldine, you are literally that blind. So then, of course, um, she pushed, and then of course the first son was actually there, and then Vision came just. After the child was born, but with the doctor, and um, Vision decided to name the son Tommy, and then they were about to kiss, 
And then Wanda's pregnant again. I'm like, how the hell do you have twins? So then this one is Billy. And then of course and then of course it um of course this was so then of course we had the doctor say how Geraldine could have actually been a great nurse assistant. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like and then and then of course Vision said I said, I hope you can still make it to your trip, Doctor. He said, Ah, eh, yes, my trip. He said, You know what? I don't think we're gonna get away after all. He said, Sound tones, you know? So hard to Escape. I'm like, what? <laughs> Escape? I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you, man? So this doctor started getting weird. And then we got Agnes and Herb. Agnes and Herb is talking real loud about Geraldine. I'm like, how are we talking bad about Geraldine? He's like, what does she do? And then, of course, Vision said, remarkable day we're having, aren't we? And then he said, did you guys lose power too? She said, oh, we sure did. She said, but Ralph looks better in the dark, so I'm not complaining. So. <laughs> okay. She really don't care about her husband. <laughs> she hates Ralph more than anything. I don't know what, what Ralph did to this poor woman. So, of course. Probably cheated. <laughs> probably. So then Herb and Agnes are saying, is Geraldine inside with Wanda? He said, yeah, why? He said, don't you think it's weird how Geraldine came here? He said, well, he said, well, we all have to come from somewhere, right? So, of course, um, they said, well, she has no family, no clothes, mm. no car. Mm. She doesn't even have a house. And Vision's like, what? And then, and then, and then Herb said, she's here because, and Vision's like, she's here because what? And then they go back in the house. And then Geraldine's talking about the twins, and Wanda said, you know, I was a twin. And she starts singing Slovakian. And then Geraldine, like, I guess gets out of this, like, coma trance she was in, and she said, he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? Mm. And that's where Wanda really got crazy. Like, no, like, I've seen this look on white women's faces. When white women have this face, they're getting ready to burn down your house. Or burn your house, or burn you up in it. You're not going to be living. So it got scary after that because then Vision is like trying to ask Herb what the hell is Herb trying to say, and then Wanda saying, "What did you say, Geraldine?" And Ger- Geraldine tried to goes back to her normal route. She's like, oh, "Let me take a shift of uh, watching those kids for you." She's like, "I don't think that would be necessary." She's like, "What did you say about Pedro?" And then she saw the necklace that Geraldine was wearing, which was something that reminded Wanda of this. And then Vision is more scared now because Agnes and Herb won't tell her nothing. And Agnes said, don't tell him nothing. Don't tell nothing. And then Agnes said, well, I got to go. I got to make hubcaps. And then she does the meme where she winks. (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, come on. And then Herb said, Vision's like, Herb? And then Herb said, catch you on the flip side, Vision. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, like, 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 Herb, like Herb said, like, like, Herb said, okay, you know what? If we die, you go die with me, pretty much. Like, selfish of Herb, but okay. So, so then Geraldine is then, like, getting kicked out of the house. These babies are literally crying while Wanda's getting ready to kill this poor woman. And then Vision runs back in the house, and he comes out of his human form, and he's getting ready. And I guess I guess he thought he was going to whoop Geraldine's ass too, 
But instead, Wanda's like, uh, Wanda, what happened to Geraldine? And Wanda said, oh, she had to go home all of a sudden. <laughs> she's like, it's so strange. And then she's just, and, and she just goes back to normal. And then, of course, our next scene is fucked up. It's outside of Westview with these, like, like road truck signs. And she gets literally bounced out of there. Like, so she literally was on fire for an actual moment. And then she comes out, and then you got all these SWAT cards and everything, and planes looking at her. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so, so now, that's how episode three ends. Tavon, what was your thoughts on the episode three ending? Because this was like a weird episode three ending. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was, um... But yeah, episode three, um, it was, it was good. It was, um, interesting. And yeah, we figured out some more stuff. Geraldine, she's from somewhere. And Agnes and Herb, they seem to be, yeah, not gonna lie. It it seems like somebody went into this universe in, in this dimension of, of the show. Mm-hmm. And pretty much cause some some chaos. So yeah, that will be important for the in the future episodes. Exactly. And the next time we review WandaVision episode four will be after AEW Road Rager. We're gonna be off tomorrow and we'll be back Wednesday night because Wednesday night we can do the podcast because Wednesday night I don't have work the next day on Thursday. So that's why. Um, but we're going to be off tomorrow um, to enjoy the Great American Bash and stuff, and then we'll be back Wednesday to review the two wrestling shows and everything like that, see if we need any other big news coming into today now. Um, AEW Dark Elevation, um, reviewed by um, Juan C. Ramiro. So, of course, it's... I hate when he opens the show up like this when, he, when I have to read, it, read, read his reviews. He says, it's Monday. You know what that means? Time for a six-match uh, AEW Dark Elevation. So I'm like, <laughs> don't be that hyped for this show. So Thunder Rosa beat Leo Gray. Scorpio Sky defeated Marcus Cross. Um, both um, Rosa and Sky are now 17-2 and two each. <laughs> Makaro Shida defeated Danny Jordan. Of course, if you don't know who Danny Jordan is, she claims to be the fifth mean girl. So that's her gimmick. She's a she's a mean girl. She came out literally with her burn book. She um, had the Sheeta um, no belts. This was a big mistake. So of course Ricardo Sheeta won. She's thirty three and four. Orange Cassidy with uh, Chris Statlander and Chuck Taylor defeated in Helico. Um, according to him, this was the battle of cool Cassidy against the coolest dancer on AEW. And um, one of the funny things was Chuck Taylor trying to. Do TH2's dancing and Jack Evans being scared of Chris Statlander. So yeah, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have liked this match then. Uh, Serena Deeb defeated Tester Price. Um, that's no relation to Vincent Price of Thriller. So, um, and um, Serena Deeb is now ten and three. Serena Deeb is no longer the NWA Women's Champion. She lost that to Camille on the NWA pay per view. And the main event mm. was Dante Martin defeating Serpentico. Luther interviewed on Serpentico's favor at several points, but this match here, um, I've got to check out because I really want to see Dante Martin versus Serpentico. So 
That's but that was it for the six man uh, six match dark card and everything like that. Um, some sad news to get into though to close out keeping it two hundred as uh, Blue Jackets uh, goalie died after a fireworks accident this past uh, weekend. It was um, Matisse Kavnitska Kais. Uh, he died of chest trauma from an erupt from an uh, an errant firework. Um, motor blast in what authorities described Monday as a tragic accident on Fourth of July. So apparently, mm. he was only 24 years old. He was in a hot tub trying to get cleared with um, several other people, and authorities said that he had died of an apparent head injury during a fall. But the autopsy um, clarified the death of cause. So, so very, very sad story here. Um, oh. uh, 24 years old. Um, man, gotta be careful with fireworks, man. Fireworks is yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I I, I will because I, I mean, I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul. We literally had this happen to him just a a couple of years ago with the fireworks explosion. I I talked about my friend Dennis who who had that happen yeah. to it. It you gotta be careful with these fireworks. Like I I tell people here all the time before you buy fireworks, take a fire fireworks class. Go on YouTube. Just do something. Just Make sure you do something because you, you don't – because fireworks is now getting more deadly. But this must have been a firework that was one of these expensive $500 ones. This had to be one of these $500 fireworks or something of that nature because because like when Jason Pierre-Paul you know, had his fingers exploded, he had like a $1,000 firework in his hand, which I don't understand how white NFL player would even have that in his hand, but – Anyways, though, um, how about this here, though? We're going to get ready to get into our 200 moment of the night. Our 200 moment of the night um, is actually going to be different. Hold on. Let me see. Dude, dude. Yeah, our 200 moment of the night is sponsored by Space Jam, a new legacy. It's coming out July 16, 2021. Superstar LeBron James and his young son Dom get trapped into digital space by Rogue AI to get home safely. LeBron teams up with Bugs Bunny, Daphne Duck, and the rest of the Looney Tunes game for a high-stakes basketball game against the AI Digital's champions of the court, a powered-up roster called the Goon Squad. It's uh, directed by Malcolm D. Lee, adapted form of Space Jam. So... It comes out July 16th. Tavon, I got to ask you, are you ready to see this movie? Space Jam 2? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely ready. It comes out, and it comes out now in less than one week, so we'll just be advertising that pretty much. But anyway, so we're going to go ahead and get into our 200 Moment of the Night song with um, 95 South J. Cole. Alright, 200 moment of the night, Savon, you go. Alright, um, let's see. Uh, 
Ah, man, not going to lie. Sack. It's it's one of those things where I just have to work on, man. Like I really got to I really got to work. <laughs> like I for real need to work on these 200 photos oh, nice, because it's like it's like I try to have one, but it's like, ugh. It's like I can't even think of one, but yeah. I wonder what happened t- today in WWE history like years ago or <laughs> something. Well, I can actually go on a wrestling historian dot um, only wrestling stories Instagram and just make sure because um, there was actually a lot of stuff that actually did happen on this day. Um, how about this year though? Uh, on July sixth, nineteen ninety eight, Bill Goldberg defeated Scott Hall, then Hollywood um, Hulk Hogan to win the NWA um, to win the WCW World Championship in Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. Um, and this, um, so yeah, so that was the. That was definitely huge because um, if I remember correctly, that was the last time they beat um, Raw in a ratings war. That was mm. the last time they ever did that. So, um, uh. um, Other stuff that happened, Tino Santana defeated Greg the Hammer Valentine in a steel cage match to win back the Intercontinental Championship on primetime wrestling. Um, mm. it, it's Tino Santana's favorite match. Greg Valentine destroyed the green Intercontinental Championship afterwards. No, he literally did destroy it. Um, also, July 6, 1997, the Hart Foundation defeated Team USA at Canada Stampede. Um, Sid Vicious was originally going to be on the Team USA, but he got into a car accident, so Gold Dust replaced him. So it's um, so it the Road Warriors, Ken Shamrock, Stone Cold, and Gold Dust. And they lost to Ryan Pillman Jr., Jim the Anvil Nightheart, which is Natalia's father, Owen Hart. British Bulldog and Bret Hart. So, um, other news that happened to, yeah, that's pretty much it for right there. Yeah. But, hey, yeah. yeah. Um, my 200 moment of the night, though, I'm actually going to um, take it to back to 2019 when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant signed as free agents of the Brooklyn Nets. They signed as Brooklyn Nets uh, on this day uh, two years ago. Uh, Nikola Vucevic was um, also a free agent, but he re-signed with Orlando. Anthony Davis on this day as well was traded from the New Orleans Pelicans to the L.A. Lakers. And on the um, 2018 in July 6th, Paul George signed with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and he was traded um, the year before on July 6, 2017 to, um, from the Pacers to the Thunder. So, and also it's Pau Gasol's birthday and hmm. Zion Williamson's birthday. Hmm. Um, but to close out, um, to close out the show before I get done, the other, I mean, I was on these other shows yesterday. I was on another one and this one here was just like a chat room hmm. and these idiots, <laughs> I've messaged you about this. These, these idiots told me that Paul George was a top 15 player over <laughs> all these guys and, I named off Zach Levine, I named off Donovan Mitchell, I named off Zion, I named off all these guys. And they said, oh, all you're naming is scores. That's all you name is scores. I'm like, okay, but it's top 15 players that I think. Keep in mind, they kept saying the top 15 players they thought. And this one jackass, uh, oh, gee, I mean, I wanted to kick this dude's ass. Like, <laughs> legit wanted to kick this dude's ass. Because this dude's a dick. Like, this dude was talking about Oscar Robertson and shit in 71, and he wasn't even born. T- Tavon, Tavon, he was two years older than you and me. 
So I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. And I can't and, – and, and to get into this shit here, I cannot stand for the life of me. We don't need to talk about yesteryear's guards if you were not around to see them. Like I get Magic Johnson's a great player, but he wouldn't be a great player probably in this generation because Magic Johnson had a very bad jump shot. People seem to forget that stuff. People also seem to forget that you need a three-pointer to like establish yourself as a shooter nowadays in this NBA. The NBA is more different than what it was in the 80s and 90s. Everyone was also just, you know, just giving out stupid opinions, just stupid opinions. It just, and it just got worse and it got worse. And I was just like, you know what? This is stupid. It is just stupid because I am done. I I was just done with it. I was glad they just kicked me off the damn thing. You know, they were saying they were saying that I put Bradley Beal ninth. I didn't even ever get a top fifteen list out there. That's what was funny. <laughs> I never even got a top 15 list out there one time. You know why I couldn't get a top 15 list out there? Because everyone kept talking over each other. It's like nine people in that group chat. And I was like, good God. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with these people? Like, like people really take basketball opinions seriously. Then, of course, when I said Kendrick Lamar was not a top 500 rapper, they got all pissed off. Um, of course, the guy that we used to have on this show, too, would be pissed off, too. But, you know what, fuck him because, um, you know. But I, I, here's the thing about Kendrick Lamar. People think I hate his music. I don't hate Kendrick Lamar music. I actually liked his last album, uh, Damn. I actually liked that one uh, a lot. But I just never liked any Kendrick Lamar music outside of that, though, you know. And, of course, people don't get that. But, you know, I mean – Tavon, what's your thoughts on people overreacting on yesteryear's NBA players and such? <sighs> I think I think there I think there needs to be more so focus on why on like why the legends of yesteryear are um are pretty much one of m- many of the best players of all time. Yes, mm-hmm. I do get that they they were in different eras, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where yeah, it it just it just so happened to happen. And it's like. Yeah, we kind of have to focus more on what's happening currently, and then we could probably, like, stack it up, you know? I agree, but but we also need to take stats into mind as well and everything like that. And, oh, man, I blocked so many people yesterday on this green room. So I I know none of them probably even follow me or they don't or they, they do whatever. But, man, I was so glad to just... Be out of that. I was on that. I think I was talking to them for like two hours more than I was talking to anybody else. And the guy that I was on there, um, the Josh Embry's podcast, he ended his room and he wasn't even there no more. So I was just like, man, forget this. So, And I actually was upset because I, I was actually having some good takes and there was a lot of listeners and everything and they clicked it off. Of course, though, we're getting ready to click off ourselves and 
get to bed and stuff. I've got work in the morning and stuff. But we're going to go ahead and end um, tonight with uh, No Limit, Usher, Young Thug. I just love to take you down. You don't have to worry about a thing. I gotta let me show you better than. Cause I may not know you. Just let me hold you. You be my soldier. Like you from the north. Make it say, uh. No limit. Got that masterpiece. No limit, baby. Give you that black car. And keeping it 200, we'll be back Wednesday night after AW Road Rager. Tavon, thank you for joining me as always. We'll talk to you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys Wednesday night. Tavon, have yourself a great day off, man. Peace. Peace. Just knowing you roll with a nigga like me.